take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever it is that you want. That's the point of the program. That's why we call it Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there for free. We've got a lot of stuff on our site, a lot of different uh items and features and actually most of our content now has been created by listeners like you the main content of the site when you go to freetalklive.com and you see whatever it is in the main column there the different items uh, of interest uh, news stories and videos and uh, blog posts they were submitted by listeners like you and voted on by listeners like you and it's a very simple process you find something that you think is pretty special online you submit it to our website and then other listeners will vote whether they like or dislike it and the most liked of those items will be promoted to the front page automatically by the system. There's no, there's no editor. There's no uh, one person who is sitting over the website as the decider of what is and what is not important. It is up to you. So uh, head on over there. Get, in a, get a free account because the whole website's free. And get interactive uh, with the other listeners. Of course, there's other things you can interact with as well. We'll tell you more about those as the show goes on. This evening, it is Ian with you. And Dale. Dale, uh, with a bit of a sickness going on. What uh, What's going on with your voice tonight? Is well, it's like there's a something going around the whole cast and crew, basically. And, oh, and man. It's just got to make its rounds, I think. And So and you're then, doing, uh, of course, you're, you're shooting a, a, your first movie. You're, you're a director yep. now. You're Used to just be a cartoonist, uh, and now you are a cartoonist and a videographer and a director and, and a producer, and and that's why the cartoons are are lagging at the moment. <laughs> How's it going? The shoot uh, going pretty well. It's going really well, actually. It's you know every time we shoot, it gets a little bit more organized, a little bit more efficient, and mm-hmm. we're a little bit happier. And we've got great footage, and it's looking really good. We're already like pretty close to making a trailer oh, that cool. I think is going to be get people excited about the movie so well so how long uh i mean how long of a period of time are you expecting to do the shoot uh i, I think you started about a week ago it'll be probably a month more Another and month. then maybe a little bit of you know reshoots a couple of reshoots here and there mm-hmm. and a couple of a little bit more or lingering things that we're going to get sort of but the bulk of it will probably be done within a month, That's three great. weeks to a month, I think. And then after that, I mean, editing, of course, is a real – I mean, I, I've never It'll done – It'll take at least as long to edit yeah. as we took to shoot, I'm uh, sure. I've, I've never done editing on a like a commercial video production of any sort. I've, I like video. I like doing uh, work on that stuff. But obviously, I've got my hands full running a radio uh, show and a network and everything like that. So I don't – as much as I might like to do video work today, I just don't have the time for it. But – when I've done editing, it has always been a lot of fun because it's really where you put the movie or whatever it is, the product you're putting, the video you're putting together. The editing is really where it all comes together. You start to see the product, I think, really coming together then. I'm sure that's the most satisfying part. I'm not there yet. You know, yeah, so, yeah. So, well, I but, mean, uh, it's, it's, it's got to be fun and satisfying all along. I mean, I can see that. I can see that you know the shoot could be pretty frustrating in some in some cases. You've got to deal with getting the the different personalities together. You've got to deal with. Oh, any I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say that on, on a project of this scale, where you're shooting a feature length film, it is mm. absolutely it has to be a team effort, and you can't. Just, I mean, we wrote it and storyboarded it and planned all kinds of things and researched the technology we were going to use for it and all that stuff, but. What what makes it what what has to happen is getting a whole group of people to work together well, and I can't emphasize enough how much that is crucial to it, and 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 I'm actually seeing that happen, and that's what's the most exciting about it, and, and what made me feel like it, it's so viable to do here 
in New Hampshire, home of the Free State Project, is there are so many passionate people with a range of skills that we could pull together to make it happen and who would have the the you know motivation to get together and make it happen and, and that's what's happening right now so it's really that's what's really exciting about it yeah it's gonna be interesting uh when when you're all done to have you look back and kind of uh, review what it was like and and look at what was the most difficult part versus what was the easiest uh, part what was the most rewarding and satisfying and what was the most frustrating uh i mean i i've never like i said i've never been involved in a in a well, I guess when I was a kid, like me and some of my friends, we would uh, we would make little movies with one another, but certainly nothing professional, nothing significant. We'd shoot it in the camera. It wouldn't be any editing or anything like that. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to, to, to even say I've had anything like your experience is, is, would be dishonest. Uh, but it'll be interesting to have you reflect on it because it's your first time and yep. uh, you've been learning as you go along. And I think that you've, you're untrained, basically, right? I, I am. We've got people with varying degrees of training who have different uh, experience and training in different areas, but there are gaps. You know, we don't have like an, a complete team with everyone who knows everything that's necessary. And so we're filling in the gaps sometimes with trial and error. You know, we're reshooting certain things that we that we looked at and like, that's, that's actually pretty good, but we're going to do it differently and we actually want to reshoot it and make it even better and things like that. Uh, and we're learning about, you know, we're learning our own ways of organizing things. We're probably reinventing the wheel a little bit. Because we're probably we're doing things our own way that have probably been figured out how to do better, you know. But but it's uh but it's working for us, you know. It's like mm-hmm. it's what works for us to keep to keep you know all the data organized that we're collecting all this all this um it is digital shot in digital really good vi- digital but it's shot in digital. Thank goodness. I mean, yeah. can you imagine dealing oh, with film? It wouldn't be viable. The project right. wouldn't be viable if we had to shoot it on film. Yeah, well, Minimum fifty thousand dollar budget. Well, yeah, I was going to say yeah. uh, just outside of the the budgeting aspect because film's incredibly expensive. Right. Uh, just outside of that aspect, the hassle of having to deal with uh, <laughs> spools of film and organizing those and, and cutting and all of that. Uh, digital is wonderful for uh, for replacing film for sure. Uh, and you're shooting it. Are you shooting it in HD? Yeah. Is it full HD, 1080p? It's 1080i. 1080i. Really good 1080i. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It, it looks really good. Uh, it means that we can do a Blu-ray. It won't really be full Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, so yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's but there's exciting. but there's so many other factors besides just you know the 1080p. No. You know, we we we've got. Part of it is we're going to be able to get the same sort of shallow depth of focus that you see in film. That's really good for getting, like, you know, drawing your attention to something. Some yeah, something's really tightly focused, and then other things are kind of blurred in the yeah. background. That sort of thing. It's things like that that give it a film feel, right. even though it's you know, even though it's digital. So, um, so now you were originally you had a script uh, that that you were working on, and I'm sure you still got it. Yeah. But you were looking at doing that one first. It ended up being that it was just too much, too much, you know, special effects, things like that. Well, it, yeah, it was too much to. Do. We decided it was too much for a very first film because uh, you know, like I said, that whole aspect of getting a team together of people that work together well, and that's such a big part of the film that we decided that that film should wait until we shoot something that's 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 got less of those other technical challenges so we can just focus on putting together a really good story with good characters and and uh you know simplify locations and special effects and things like that that would cause all kinds of complications so we can get you know do a really good film first and then we can tackle all those other things with more time and with more planning and so the kind of effects that. Uh, that you're going to see in this film are basically uh, like you know blood blood effects that sort of thing as yeah. opposed to it's 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 really uh, you know it, it's you're not going to have any computer CGI a, or anything it's like we that. made it it's a slasher film there's no supernatural things yeah. going on uh it's not especially gory 
Uh, there's just maybe a, there's a couple of moments in the film where it'll be kind of gory, and we know exactly how we're going to do that uh, and things like that. But we're not trying to do elaborate gore or you know elaborate makeup. You know, it's just regular people being chased by a killer in the woods. Uh, well, I don't want to say it's just that. I mean. Obviously, there's a lot going on in the movie, but that's sort of the basic premise is it's a slasher film and people are being chased. And it's a lot of it takes place in the woods. So it simplifies locations. Not all of it, but a, a fair chunk of it and uh, things like that. So, And your website is up. Uh, it's very basic. It's moment. really basic but right it does now. Exist it hasn't now. been the focus of our attention right now. Yeah, so. Certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> it's... <laughs> but it's there, and in the future there, there. Will be, there will be more uh, available to it. What were you thinking about distribution? I mean, um, you're not an intellectual property guy, right? I am not, and so, I'm not going to be angry at anyone. No one's going to get sued if they copy the movie, if they BitTorrent the movie, or anything like that. I think that the idea is, really, I want to make it as accessible as possible to anybody who wants to see it. Mm-hmm. I don't want someone to have to pay to see this movie. And if you like it, then there's going to be the idea is to have stuff you can go and get, you know, real DVD, a, uh, DVD with extras on yeah. it, maybe a Blu-ray version, uh, T-shirts. Uh, maybe we'll. Get, I mean, I'm hoping that there's going to be a buzz going about some of the stuff going on in the movie, and people will want, you know, other stuff that's, you know, that we can make for them. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. The uh, by, by the way, Dale's website, his main site is anarchyinyourhead.com. News site's going to be inyourhead.biz. Uh, We'll come back with more. You can take control and bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up anything, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. Head on over there, enjoy the features, including live streams, so you can listen in live to the show. You can also listen after the fact, because on the live streams, you hear Free Talk Live around the clock. The latest episode plays all day long until we do the next live show, and then that one plays all day, and so on and so forth. So head over to listen.freetalklive.com. You can listen to our broadband stream or dial-up stream. Also, we've got our listen lines, so if you're not around an internet connection, but you've got your phone, you can call via any phone that can dial long distance and listen into our streams via your phone. It's a pretty cool little feature, and we don't normally take the time to read those numbers on the air, but here it is, 760-569-7752. So if you want to listen to Free Talk Live around the clock, with any phone that can dial long distance, just dial 760-569-7752. This evening, it is Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Mark, arriving a little late, but uh, better yes. late than never. Sorry about my tardiness. I was uh, staining my house. We actually got the the first oh, coat is on completely, exciting. and mostly the second coat is on. Not acceptable. <laughs> we've, been, uh, we've been discussing the filmmaking process. Oh, I've been listening. I, the, there's the uh, radio station in town oh, That's here. right. <laughs> I could t- oh, yeah. listen to you I guys. I was listening to it on the way before the show. It's course. exciting to me to be able to hear to Free Talk Live. Uh, and, and just in general, the, the liberty-oriented content that's mm-hmm. on the Liberty it's, Radio Network. Especially since the radio stations are kind of scant in this area. 
So having yeah, a nice Liberty woods. Radio show is really nice. And there are a couple of AM stations, and I can't even get the the uh, the, the community station that we're talking about out at my house. Um, right. And nor can city, I get city level signal. Nor can I get the uh, the, the the signal for the twelve twenty WZK AM station. AM, that one of one of the local AMs. Right. That uh, the Democrat one. Yeah. I can't get that out of my house either. So there's I can get uh, NPR mm. or uh, you know just another talk station uh, yep. WIBQ, and that's it. So we we're discussing, as you know, then the uh, the process of filmmaking, and I don't know, I don't know much, what else there you know is to say about it. Uh, Dale, of course, is in the process. Uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot to say about it from <laughs> your perspective, Dale. You've been doing it, um, but you know, kind of discussing the different uh, the different avenues, the stuff that you have to do, and and I know that you've uh, you've been storyboarding to some extent, right? How much? Oh yeah. How much of that? Uh, that's apparently. Well, we did the whole movie storyboarded, but it's. Um well, when I say we storyboarded it, we described the shots. Like mm-hmm. we didn't try to draw them. I can draw. I could probably draw them, but right. that, it turned out like that was going to be too time consuming for what we wanted to do. From what I understand, and from what I've heard from you know just the buzz from different people who've worked on films, independent films like this one is, they uh, that's one of the first things that gets neglected. I mean, you don't have entire teams. Sure, where there's like a whole team of people to handle certain areas of the film. How many people and, are artists as well that yeah. are also filmmakers? Right. And so apparently that's one of the first things that gets neglected when you're making an independent film. They just, you know, they just figure it out on the set what they're mm-hmm. going to how they're going to shoot it. And, and did uh, you scout all so the locations out in advance or are you uh, still kind of looking yeah, for Yeah, for the most No, we're at this point we're totally scouted out. We mm-hmm. were still scouting as of yesterday. Okay. For certain tough scenes, we scouted didn't find what we wanted or didn't quite completely feel confident, and, is it, is and then all, we kept, went back. It's so, all in New Hampshire, you know. all like the uh, the southwestern uh, portion. Oh, of there's the some New beautiful Hampshire. stuff that's yeah. going to be in this film. Oh, yeah. There's some great – there's so much to work with in such a short distance. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I mean, so, so there's going to be beautiful stuff in it. And, yeah, we were still doing final scouting yesterday. We had uh, picked a location we thought would be good, but we didn't get to check it out really thoroughly. And we got to go back yesterday and do that. There was one – two tough locations – and we got them really, really thoroughly, confidently. We feel good about them now. So how, I think we've you, got all the locations figured out. How are you keeping well. sane? Are there, have there any? Have there been any uh, at each other's throats kind of moments? Because you are in a partnership uh, with uh, one of the other activists up here. Richard, Richard and I are like diametrically opposed personalities. It's um, I mean, I, you would not believe. I mean, I have not been. I have not been so angry with another person <laughs> in years. You know, I, especially since I became a Quaker, I've just been yeah. like incredibly calm and at peace. And, and it takes so much, you know, I don't even get mad at these cops, you know, mm-hmm. that are absolute. Well, I won't say, yeah. I don't want to say on the air what they are. And, and, you know, I don't even get mad at them. I'm like, yeah, you know, they're really misguided and whatever. You have but, been challenged. But he manages to push my buttons. And I think it's partly because we're just crammed in such close settings for such long periods of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we just have we just have personality conflicts, but I have to I cannot help but look at like what we have created together and just be absolutely amazingly impressed. And and I have to appreciate him and what he's able to help what we together have been able to create. And so, you know, we we deal with it. And, uh, you know, in in a way, I feel like my patience is being challenged and tested and improved (laughs) because I'm with a person Mm -hmm. where we have personality conflicts, you know. So you have a very talented partner who uh, views the world (laughs) in an entirely different fashion than you. Almost to the point, like, you know, almost to the point that you might call him insane. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. I can't imagine what that's like. But you have to. You know, but you create wonderful stuff together. Yeah. And yeah. what can Otherwise, you do? Right. You'd kick him to the curb, right? The world. Like, dude, the world. You'd tell him to get lost. The world. I don't needs, need this crap in your in my life. I hear you. The world <laughs> needs us to work together, despite all the pains and you know and the challenges. And, uh, and, and, but frankly, it's getting better. It's getting better every day. And, uh, we kind of figure out like mm. what buttons that will, will, you know, you can push that would cause the other person and, and you learn not to push those yes. buttons. Right? You just okay. ignore them. In, yeah. In, it's in like, okay, areas. I, I want to put, nah, don't push that button, you know, and it's, and it's sort of just stuff like that we work out. And, uh, but I, I would say that, I mean, other than that though, um, I feel that. like, you know, you get a cast and crew from what I've heard, I've talked to other people, some of the people on the cast and crew have worked on others and they're, and they think, and their opinion is that it's amazing how well everyone's getting together, getting well, That's getting great. along together. I mean, and, the, so. and, and the, the kind of the business aspect of things is interesting. I don't know if we've mentioned this before on the air. I, I, I presume it's okay to talk about it. Uh, the idea that you're basically going to split the uh, the money with the actors after the fact, so they're yeah, well, not just spec. the actors, yeah, cat, the crew, people right. who have contributed. Are you props. telling me these guys aren't getting union wages? They're not. They, they, no. This is all. This is a. This is essentially. I described everyone. This is a volunteer effort. We are all working on a creative project together. Right, because we all a have a part you in might it. Not make any money. Oh, yeah, chance. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we are, but but yeah, it's certainly we don't know. We don't know. It's the first project. Uh, if it doesn't, then the next one probably will. I think we'll learn so much from this one mm-hmm. that the next one will. I mean, I think if it doesn't make money, it will be because of business decisions and not because of it not being good. Uh, that'll be my thought. And so we, well, once we get through all the challenges of making it a really good movie, then the next, all the next challenges, and those will be big ones, will be marketing it and, and figuring out how to make money on it, especially when, you, you know, um, we don't buy into the whole intellectual property thing. Yeah. But I think that can help us in many ways, especially well, since so. you're in a niche market and we're doing a, a, an independent movie. I think it hurts independent movies, intellectual property. Um, you know, it's one of those things that... It's not healthy for all the little indi- all the I little small producers how- out there compared to these big corporate producers yeah. of whatever the product is. Whether I can't it's a imagine movie how or- difficult it would be to get Free Talk Live uh, out there to people if we were locking down everything on our website. Like, oh, you want archives? <laughs> Twenty, you know, seven dollars yeah. a month. Or whatever you know restriction you you try to put down on people. Well, that's just order. it. If you can, you know, if you have the budget, millions of dollars of budgets for like thirty second TV spots in primetime television nationwide, and you've got all the connections to get your movie released in theaters across the country, you've got all that stuff going for you. Then yeah, intellectual property can serve you really well. I mean, it's like it can probably you know, but. When you're looking to have, you know, you need to create the buzz yourself. You don't have millions of dollars to promote it or whatever. You, you know. Well, you have a little get it radio out there, show. Let everyone see can, it. <laughs> a little, this little radio show can help a little bit. Of course, you've got your website as well. And kind of the Liberty Movement is obviously going to be ripe for, uh, for watching this and mar- being marketed towards. So, yep. you know, if, if you don't spend a whole boatload of money, you probably could turn a profit. We'll see I think so. We're coming up here. Take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nesquik. Try Nesquik 4-Packs, perfect for lunches and great for kids on the go. Look for it in the juice aisle. Snack time is a great chance to sneak extra calcium into your child's diet without making him feel like he's eating something he doesn't want. Serve up dairy-rich foods like smoothies, flavored milk, frozen yogurt, and string cheese. He'll love the treat, and you'll love knowing how good it is for him. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Thank you. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Take control. And also the website. We've got lots of different things you can do there. Uh, you can get interactive in a bunch of different ways. One of them is the bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. Head on over there. Get uh, interactive with other listeners. You can talk about serious issues, fun stuff, uh, whatever it is you want, although it is virtually unmoderated. So keep that in mind uh, as, you're, uh, as you're surfing about. You never know what you're going to encounter there. bbs.freetalklive.com. Tired of reading about loss of liberty? Now for the first time, a novel showing how liberty can realistically triumph. Progress by Charles Stample. You can order a copy from Amazon or for a free PDF of uh, one right uh, progress a novel at gmail.com that's progress a novel at gmail.com so he's sending out free pdfs of his book just i did part, part one did i say the, the entire thing i didn't it wasn't clear for a free pdf of part one you can write progress a novel at gmail.com i read this book you've got your copy uh yesterday i do yeah. um I, I got your copy yesterday i gave it to you today ah, okay <laughs> and um it's you know what? I'm going to go through and read it again within the next two mm. weeks because I found uh, some of the some of the explanations of of sort of the liberty mindset, the the you know ways that things can work, so succinct and so convincing that I I want to like half memorize them for myself. It's progress a novel at gmail dot com. Succinctness is important, and that's something it is I really important. <laughs> I am always working on and not getting as much progress on as I'd like. <laughs> Toll free number here eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Here's some news out of StopTheDrugWar.org, and I'm pretty sure this story made it up on uh, the front page of Free Talk Live as well, freetalklive.com. dot uh, com. The story is uh, pretty. It's pretty outrageous, and it really makes you wonder. How many people across the country are facing a situation like this man? Chris Diaz, a Texas asthma sufferer who went to California for a medical marijuana recommendation and then got busted in June on a Texas highway with small amounts of marijuana and hashish, is facing up to life in prison after being indicted by a Brown County grand jury. He's charged with possession of a controlled substance with intent to deliver a first-degree felony in the Lone Star State. Chris Diaz, age 20, has been jailed on $40,000 bond since the June 27th arrest. He was busted with 14 grams oh my goodness. of weed and hash. 14 grams. That's not very much. That very, is very little. nothing. Nothing. I mean, that, that's a half an ounce. <laughs> now, if you've ever bought cannabis before, if you... If you've been in the black marketplace and you know exactly what this is about, it's typically sold between the ranges of a an eighth of an ounce to an ounce. And I, you, I've never bought cannabis and I've never masturbated. Uh, 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 now I know you're lying. Sure. <laughs> the first part I might have believed. Well, uh, I know. But yeah, I'm sorry. A half an ounce of weed is nothing. I mean, this is this is child's play as far as the amount of uh, cannabis we're talking about here. But under Texas law. Possession of less than two ounces of marijuana is a Class B misdemeanor, published by, uh, punishable rather by up to six months in jail, while possession of hashish is either a state jail felony, punishable by up to two years for less than a gram, or a second-class felony, punishable by up to 20 years if less than four grams, although probation is also possible. It's unclear exactly how much hash Diaz had. 
talk about draconian. I mean, as though yeah, it, Texas is just terrible when it comes to the criminal justice system. You, you know, you're you're walking a tightrope living in that in the Lone Star State. That's just all there is to it. There are so many things that are illegal in this country, mm-hmm. and Texas has the the most draconian punishments of all of them. And I, you know, just good luck. Good it's luck. It's horrifying what they're doing here, and, and the idea that hash is somehow worse than marijuana is, I think, also pretty ludicrous. I mean, it's a more concentrated form of it. That is true. Uh, but it's still the same product. It's, it's still the same chemical. The active chemical is, is still yeah, but there. It, you know, the, the punishments aren't based on uh, science no, and, and, and or logic or reason. It's based on the fact that hey, them, them dirty Arabs or something have hash. Mm. Who has hash? Real Americans yeah. don't smoke hash. Um, you know, it's, it's actually I've heard actually that it's it's really healthier because you don't have to. If you are smoking it, you don't have to smoke as much for the same effect. This and so an it's healthier point. on your lungs and things like that. Diaz was pulled over for an expired license tag when en route from California to Austin, and according to the DPS trooper's report, could not produce a driver's license or proof of insurance. He was then arrested for failure to identify, and during a subsequent search, police found a small amount of hashish on his person. Such a strange term, isn't it? On his person. Why not just say on his body? On his person seems so disconnected. Anyway, a search of the vehicle then turned up more hash and marijuana in a pill bottle from a California medical marijuana provider. The DPS report said the search also turned up a cell phone containing text messages referring to drug sales and a notebook with drug and law writings. Those are apparently the basis, legitimate or otherwise, for the drug distribution charge. Texas doesn't have a medical marijuana. So, 14 grams of hash and, uh, and pot. This, are we supposed to believe this guy drove out to California from Texas so he could buy half an ounce of, uh, of weed and hash so he could sell it to his buddies in Austin? Are you kidding me? I mean, if he actually did that, he is a real dum-dum. I mean, the idea that you would drive across the country in order to buy half an ounce of pot or hash it doesn't is make pretty ludicrous. To me. I think you could mow lawns in the same time and, with, you know, absent the gas money yeah. and, 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 and make that much money. Nobody's, nobody's buying a, ha- a half an ounce of uh, marijuana and hash in order to, uh, to drive it across the country so they can resell it to their buddies. It doesn't matter. It, you know, they, once they've got their little law in place, yeah. it Texas, doesn't matter whether it's just... Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Texas doesn't have a medical marijuana law, and its authorities. It's not going to have one for a very long time. Why do you say that? Tex- well, Texas, I'm sorry. Texas is a really great example, as far as I'm concerned. What I've seen going on in Texas of people getting the government they deserve. Uh, you know, <laughs> Texas is chucked full of a bunch of small-minded people that uh, you know. It's 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 like lock them up, throw away the key. Those kind of law mm-hmm. and order Republicans. Texas uh, doesn't have a medical marijuana law, and its authorities do not recognize having a recommendation from another state as a defense against prosecution. Diaz has attracted supporters both inside Texas and nationally. The Texas Coalition for Compassionate Care and a group called I Am Sovereign are publicizing the case with pre- and uh, pressuring Brown County officialdom. And the asthmatic Diaz sits in jail in Texas awaiting trial without his medicine. It seems so counterintuitive to me that uh, as that asthma might be in some way helped by marijuana smoke. Smoke. Yeah, I don't know. I've I heard mean, this though. You've heard this. I, yeah, this I think we read time. it on the story. Uh, the read, really? read a story about it on the air, but I, you know, I may be wrong. It's the first time I've heard anything about that particular one. I 
I would love to hear from somebody that maybe knows a little bit more. I know that marijuana, when it's studied, is really found uh, to have some pretty amazing effects on on people, uh, people with from everything suffering from uh, AIDS and, and cancer. It helps them keep their medicines down. Uh, it, it, in some cases, you've got people with like multiple sclerosis. Um, let's see, what's the other one? There's uh, there's there's a number. Glaucoma is always glaucoma is yeah. a big one. There's um, several types of cancer. The shocking one is that they're discovering that it's like reducing people's chances of lung cancer. I yeah, believe. or slowing or the growth of yeah. cancer. And I mean, some of the some of the studies that are coming out now are pretty amazing. And in the, even in the face of all of it, in the face of all of the uh, the various sci- scientific studies that have been done, in the face of the information from the government's own Institute of Medicine report at, at the turn of the ce- at the turn of the century that showed that it's not a gateway drug. Uh, that the fact that it's illegal is what leads other people to do other drugs. Because it's kind of like sex. If it feels good, it's bad. It's like it has all these medicinal effects that are really wonderful. Obviously, if you're feeling sick, you want to feel better. Mm-hmm. And this is, a, this is a remedy that also makes you feel good, and therefore it's bad. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it seems to come down to, which is how, how back asswards retarded is that? It, it's that, uh, It's bad because it makes you feel good. It's, it's just... It's outrageous and that, that these people that are looking to uh, feel better and not just and I don't mean just getting high. I mean, people that are trying to relieve pain and things like that. They have to skulk about. They have to buy from uh, criminals. They have to you know, and if they're caught, they have to go into a jail cell. It's just disgusting. 800-259-9231. And of course, when you talk to some a lot of cops, uh, at least up here, they'll tell you that they don't think it should be illegal, but they're not willing to lift a finger to do anything to uh, to help these people or to uh, help legalize it. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can take control by dialing in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. Those features include everything from our news updates, listening options, archives, and more. And if you want to help support the show, well, there are different ways for you to do so. You can learn how to promote us by going to promote.freetalklive.com. And you'll find a whole list of different things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and thereby expose more people to the ideas of freedom. So head on over to promote.freetalklive.com. Our number here, 800-259-9231. If you've ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney, Jurisdictionary is the course for you. It's for a course for people without a lawyer who must know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers that want to minimize legal fees and maximize their winning by knowing what should be done by their lawyer. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer, and it's so easy the average eighth grader could get through it in the, com- uh, the complete Ford CD course uh, in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. I've taken the course, and I think it's invaluable. It's Jurisdictionary.com. Since we're talking about the uh, the cannabis issue right now, we just finished a story out of Texas where a young man is facing apparently life in prison for having a half an ounce of uh, cannabis and hashish. So uh, there's always stories like that happening around the country, just tragic uh, situations that 
should not have happened. These, you know, this young man should have been allowed to go about his life and use whatever uh, drugs he wanted to. And it's just, it's just sad that in the so-called land of the free, uh, it's very clearly not. Uh, but in other news, out in uh, Hawaii, which, by the way, we are now on the air in Maui. So uh, again, welcome to all our listeners out there. Where I would say. You'd think that uh, marijuana would be a little bit more accepted out in uh, in Hawaii. At least, certainly, there's plenty of people that talk about visiting and experiencing the wonderful marijuana that uh, cannabis that is uh, is grown and produced and consumed uh, out that way. But not to the DEA. If they're operating out in Hawaii, then uh, they're just as nasty as they ever are, wherever they uh, turn up. And according to also to StopTheDrugWar.org, which, by the way, puts out a great weekly newsletter called The Drug War Chronicle. If you want to be kept up to date on what's going on around the world about uh, in regards to the war on drugs, because it's not just happening here in America. It's going on in a lot of places. Uh, they, they really keep up to date. I mean, they, they give you the news from across the globe about uh, changes in uh, drug policy and things moving in the right direction and things moving in the wrong direction and outrages like this. Roger Christie, the founder of the Hawaii Cannabis Ministry, the THC Ministry, their website is thc-ministry.org, has been ordered held without bail after being arrested along with 13 former employees or current employees and growers by the DEA on July 8th. He and the others are charged with marijuana trafficking offenses related to their alleged distribution of marijuana as a sacrament of the ministry, uh, the THC Ministry, uh, the Christie had been raided by the DEA in March with agents seizing cash and marijuana at that time, but not arresting him. Federal authorities allege that after that raid, Christie recommenced his marijuana distribution at the ministry. I mean, he believes in the stuff. He, this is his religion. And uh, so he kept doing what he believes in. He and others were secretly indicted last month. Federal magistrate judge... Secret indictments. That's yes, nice. Against a pot grower. Uh, federal magistrate judge Kevin Chang originally ordered Christie held without bail at federal prosecutor's request. Christie and his public defender, Matthew Winter, last Because week- what is the evidence that he's not going to show up for court? It's I just, have no idea. You know, they, they, they're, getting, they're getting to the point that they just want everybody held in jail. Mm-hmm. They don't want anybody to have the opportunity to be able to go out, look for attorneys properly, right. interview attorneys properly, got to be defender. able to earn a living, to, to, to walk their dog or do anything. The idea of jail is to take somebody who's A, too dangerous to be on the streets, or B, a flight risk. And if they're not like a significant and real flight risk, then they shouldn't be put put in jail. But what they in fact do is put anybody they darn well, just about everybody they can. In. They don't want to be hassled with this whole proving people guilty. It's a hassle, Mark. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at my case uh, here in, in Keene, New Hampshire. Luckily, I'm not in a jail cell, but I am out on some pretty restricted bail conditions uh, after my most recent arrest. They're uh, they're keeping me in my home from which 6 was a PM really absurd arrest to begin with. Right, so, the, the arrest is absolutely know. outrageous. Uh, they it was it was an illegal arrest. It was uh, frivolous. It was tar- that was targeted, and uh, but that doesn't matter. I can't prove any of that until the court trial, which isn't until December. And you're so, already being punished for it. You're correct. already under essentially a, a, a semi house arrest. Yeah, but, yeah, basically. And what can I do about it? I, I can beg. Please, master, let me out of my home at night. I mean, I could leave my home at night and you know, skulk about and try to uh, avoid detection uh, by the police. If they see me out after 6 o'clock at night, they have the full permission from the man in the robe to take me and put me in a jail cell. 
Yeah, they're going to do that, yeah. <laughs> likely. So uh, back to the case here, though. In uh, Again, according to StopTheDrugWar.org, uh, he was ordered, held uh, with uh, without bail. Uh, they, they filed a motion seeking his release, citing the nonviolent nature of the offenses. Christie's Longston, because, you know, it would make sense if, if you were talking about some sick murderer or uh, a crazy arsonist or somebody who's out there just destroying people or property. Makes sense to put that person in without bail. You know, that that's kind of one of the points of, of that system and why it was, was created. You're talking about a guy who grows pot and smokes it in his church. Uh, so, his lack of a criminal record, by the way, long-standing ties to the community, and his willingness to abstain. This isn't some uh, shady drug dealer that's hanging out on the, you know, in the crack house uh, down in the corner. This is a guy who's been around for a long time. People know Roger Christie uh, in the area of Hawaii in which he uh, in which he lives. From this distance, he kind of looks like Mark. Yeah, I, mean, I, I can see where you're coming from on that. He's a little older, though, I think. His lack okay. of a criminal record and willingness to abstain from marijuana use or distribution pending trial. A federal pretrial services report also recommended that Christie be freed on bail. So even some of the feds were saying the guy should be like let loose. Uh, but prosecutors fought back with a 46-page memorandum. They were paid, That's by a the book. way. Yeah, they, they, were, they were paid by your tax dollars to write this memorandum. Mm-hmm. They didn't do this for free. They billed these hours, and they got paid for them, and they got paid for them with your tax money. Because Christie allegedly recommend, uh, recommenced marijuana distribution after the March raids, that apparently made him, quote, a danger to the community and... No conditions slash combinations of conditions could assure the safety of the community. The safety of the community from a man who grows one of the most benign plants that is, uh, has, has ever been known to man. One of the most helpful, useful uh, medicines that has ever been known to man. This man is a danger to the community. His, his being outside of a jail cell is a threat to your safety if you're in Hawaii? Crazy. Does anybody actually believe this crap? Do these people, do these federal government people actually believe this stuff? I don't know if they believe it, but they expect you to. I just, please, if you're out there and you think that the the marijuana church founder, the Hawaii Cannabis Ministry, THC Ministry, do you think this guy is somehow dangerous to the community, please Call in. I want to hear from you. Please ma- help me understand. Please, Can you do that? 1-800-259-9231. I don't believe you exist. I, I, I just it's, it's amazing to me. How can you justify this? How could these people justify what they do to other human beings? It's so sick. What kind of mental gymnastics do they have to go through in order to justify what they do to other human beings. That seems to me to be the source of so much evil is this sort of elaborate justification process. You know, people, there's stuff that people want to do and they kind of on some level know it's bad, but they cre- they do, they concoct and contrive this elaborate justification process to do something that they just want to do and for whatever reason... In this case, it's getting a paycheck from the federal government. It's uh, this well, is my that, job. This is what I, I I'm doing. What I'm told, just following orders. There, there are people that believe that the world would be a better place if you 
if people didn't smoke marijuana and do other drugs and all those things. And I don't disagree with that. I think it may very well be true that the world, world would, be would not be better. Sort of a more efficient place if people didn't uh, choose to do drugs for recreational if purposes. If I never smoked marijuana, However, I wouldn't be here today. Um, okay. Why is that? Uh, it was it was the mar- it was the marijuana that uh, well I guess it was the fact that it was illegal, <laughs> uh, but if if I had never tried marijuana I probably would not have I, I certainly would not have been led into the uh, the liberty movement in the same way that I was. Okay, I, I, I thought here meant on this planet. I mean here as in this room doing this radio. I'm show. sure there are people that can claim that marijuana will claim that marijuana has saved them and that they would have committed suicide otherwise too. I think that there's people that, uh, out there that will claim that and and that's. It's all fine. I just think that there are people out there that don't mind, that that like the idea that nobody does drugs. More coming up here. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything at 800-259-9231. Of course, a lot of those people, Mark, are probably drinking tonight. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. Launching into the second hour of the program, you are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. So head on over, get interactive. You can create an account and you can submit show prep suggestions to the website. Of course, 90% of the suggestions probably aren't going to make it on the air simply because, well, there's a bunch of them and some are better than others. But that's part of the whole process is our website allows our listeners to determine what's the best. When you submit something to the site, other listeners get to vote on whether they like or dislike it. And then uh, the site aggregates uh, the votes together and it figures out which one's the most popular within a certain given time frame or which ones are most popular. It promotes them to the front page and the top of our website, meaning we're more likely to see them and therefore more likely to talk about them. So head on over to Free Talk Live. Dot com and get interactive. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Dale. And Mark. All right, so we're going to continue here. Going to take your phone calls, and then coming up, Mark, you've actually, just a moment ago, for those of you just tuning in, I asked, can you justify this? I was talking about the police aggressing against a man for, uh, for running the marijuana church down in uh, in Hawaii. And I asked, you know, how do you how do you look at yourself in the mirror? How do you go to sleep at night? How do you how do you justify this to yourself, this aggression against other human beings, people who are not harming others? And you're not going to they're not going to answer that question, Mark, but you do have some answers by some police as to why they have aggressed against, in this case, peaceful cameramen, people who have recorded video in, say, public places of uh, public so-called servants. Mm. I want you to pull that up. We'll get to that here in a moment. But first, your phone calls to the phones and the fun. Let's talk to Corby in Texas. Corby, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hey, I just want to tell you about your website. I, by the way, I like the new format, and it actually leads to more information because once I read one of your links, it led me to a link on another you know, website, and I found something that was kind of interesting that could be a pretty big conflict of interest. Okay, what's, um, what's that? It was this one article about Verizon and Yahoo object to the prices being um, listed to the public of how much they charge police and uh, agencies for their information being distributed. 
But Cox Communication and one of the others didn't mind charging for it. The other one was they charged twenty five hundred, thirty five hundred dollars for the Cox Communication charged thirty five hundred bucks for the first thirty days of a wiretap. Now imagine a big police union that has you know all this retirement money and three hundred twenty five thousand members, the Fraternal Order of Police. Mm-hmm. They could have a secret code. Hey, our retirement money's down. You know, tell everybody you need a uh, Cox Communication uh, warrant right now or a Verizon warrant. You know, nobody could ever investigate these people, and that kind of money is just, it's bad enough that they give this information away, but they sell it, and it's, you know, the police could be have a, a conflict of interest of why they want particular companies wiretap if the money's that expensive. You know. You're going to have to run that by yeah, me again. Yeah, who's I'm... getting paid for the wiretap? I'm sorry. Yeah, the companies like Yahoo, okay, started off with the article said Yahoo and Verizon object to the information being given out because this one person filed a Freedom of Information Act to find out how much law enforcement, with the Department of Justice, to find out how much the Department of Justice and all these law enforcement agencies pay communication companies to get information. They well, pay for the, they, 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 they. I didn't know that they paid these companies to do wiretaps for them. Yes, and, you know, Cox Communications and... Uh, they said they don't object. They charge $3,500 for the first 30 days, and then it drops to 2500 And the other, it was the U.S. Marshals Service was mm-hmm. the first one to respond to the Freedom of Information Act, but they said the companies voluntarily gave these price lists over so they can't release it without the company's permission, which is kind of getting around the Freedom of Information Act, in my opinion, because these companies... It's our information, but I see. So, anyway, so the people Comcast that requested the Freedom either. of Information, the, the people that put in the Freedom of Information Act request, were denied the information initially about the the numbers. But they obviously got them later on. By what? How did they end up getting? No, them? they they still haven't got them from Verizon or Yahoo. Oh, they I see. But Comcast charges a thousand dollars. Now, why is Yahoo involved? Chat. I mean, Yahoo's just a web provider. Are they also doing well, phone service or something? They, might have, they have chat, and you know, that could be somebody's service provider, mm-hmm. and it could be they want to see what kind of websites have they been to in the Yahoo. And, and why would you suggest that the police union would be uh, happy about having to pay that kind of money? That seems like they wouldn't want to pay the, the money. Well, imagine if you own stock in that company, though, and you could tell your officers a secret handshake code. Hey, I you know ask for. This week, you know, this this quarter, as for Verizon warrants, and the next month, pump Verizon I know. You, stock. I mean, you, th- what you think that the, you with, think a, a few wiretaps is really going to bring some uh, company stock up? Well, imagine on a nationwide basis of a thousand wiretaps at thirty five hundred dollars a piece. That's mm-hmm. three and a half million dollars. I mean, just Couldn't for hurt. somebody handing over, probably hmm. just flipping a switch. I mean, if you think about it, how much? How hard is it to? No, are these court are these court ordered wiretaps, or are they just the cops coming to them and asking for them? It says they give them a, they gave them away to law enforcement agencies. I read something for Sprint has a website that allows the cops just to log in. Doesn't say warrant. Just say here you go, law enforcement. You know it's amazing how hmm. it's like Verizon objects because they say the customers would think their phones are being tapped and they'll call and ask if their phones tapped. But they said which we can't answer. <laughs> which is no wait now you, of, you know, you, what you're saying is Verizon isn't objecting to doing the taps. They're just objecting to re- releasing the information. The people thinking that they're doing right. the taps. Right. They don't want the prices or the fact that they said the spy capabilities would shock our customers if they knew we could release, you know, location information and you know, other mm-hmm. information about who you've talked to and everybody in your phone list. And to get your call list is only forty dollars per page from one of them. Like it was, yeah, Cox Communication said that's only forty dollars per page to get a fax sent to you. But still, only. that's pretty. <laughs> think about that. That's pretty expensive. If there's twenty yeah. pages of call logs and forty bucks a page for somebody to hit the fax button. 
Thanks for running those numbers by me, and I, I get where you're coming from now. What else do you want to share tonight, Corby? That's it. Manly, plus I read one of your other things about it said the, the federal court ruled that wiretapping a cop is not a violation of the Federal Wiretap Act. But, you know, don't Wiretapping a cop, meaning a, a other person? Other cops wiretapping a cop? a cop? Well, there's a, there was a thing on your website that said, you know, like a lot of times the cops try to say that if you uh, videotape a cop without his permission, it's wiretapping. Yes. But the, today, one of your, it's like on your website, number two on the links, but it said that the cops ruled that that's not a violation of wiretapping, so oh, that, that could be good news. Yeah, that doesn't but, surprise me. I just don't think it's very well known. I think there's apparently there's tremendous precedent, legal and otherwise, that inf- that as long as someone for there's well there's several cases, but that uh, but that is not in fact uh, illegal or wiretapping. Or oh, whatever. yep, I see it right there. It's number three right now as we speak at uh, at freetalklive.com. Thanks for for bringing that up, Corby, and thanks for the call. Yahoo owns uh, SBC Global. It's an ISP. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's just pull that. Uh, Mark, didn't you say that? Uh, uh, I think you were the one who pointed it out to me, and then it was. And I've, be, I've become very acutely aware of it now. Whenever I hear it, when you're calling into a customer service line or something, this call may be recorded for quality assurance. I don't know. Could have. It doesn't say. Do you give us permission yes, to record this? Press one. Right. You've just do been you, noticed. You know. You've right. Just, you're just being informed. Yep. You're being recorded. Tough. Tough luck. That's it. Yeah, according to Wired.com, uh, uh, this is the story he was, Corby was talking about. Using an iPhone to secretly record a conversation is not a violation of the Wiretap Act if done for legitimate purposes, a federal appeals court has ruled. The defendant must have the intent to use the illicit recording to commit a tort of crime, a tort of crime beyond the act of recording itself. So I don't know what that would what, – what, what do you think that would mean? Like what – to use the recording to like blackmail someone, for instance, I suppose. Um, yeah, blackmail. It's it, blackmail is a funny crime. Um, asking somebody for money isn't a crime. Uh, doing uh, you know doing work to get money from somebody isn't a crime. Uh, telling somebody that uh, that revealing true information about somebody isn't a crime. But reveal but saying that you won't to, reveal yeah. true information if you give me money that's a crime. Friday's decision by the Second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, which involves a civil lawsuit over a secret audio recording produced from the 99-cent recorder app, mirrors decisions in at least three other federal appeals courts. The lawsuit concerns a family dispute over the making of a dying mother's will. Days before the Connecticut woman died, her son secretly recorded a kitchen conversation between the son, mother, stepfather, and others over how to handle her estate after her death. The son, in a probate dispute, turned over the audio file to the court in 2008 to bolster his position concerning the estate of his late mother, who died without a will. The stepfather sued him, alleging a privacy breach under the Wiretap Act. A federal judge dismissed the case, and the stepfather appealed. The appeals court ruled that even if the son consented to his own taping, he could be sued for money damages for a breach of the Wiretap Act, and only if he did so with nefarious intent. We affirm and in so doing hold the exception to the one-party consent provision requires that a communication be intercepted for the purpose of a tortious or criminal act that is independent of the intentional act of recording. It's very interesting. Now, whether they'd rule the same way for their own guys is another question. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, 
Let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features. They're free. Archives included. You go click and download. It's that simple. There's no logging in. There's no membership fee or anything like that. You can just click uh, we got the last seven days right there on the front page of the site. And then if you click into the archive section, uh, that'll take you back to 2006. It's all free. And the archives, by the way, are brought to you by hostgator.freetalklive.com. The, the team here at Free Talk Live is happy now to partner with a humanitarian, linguist, and world traveler, Tim Cummins. Tim is uh, raised in East Africa. He's son of a Baptist missionary in Nairobi, Kenya. He served as the chief photographer and field producer with WTOC-TV in Savannah, Georgia. During his tenure, he was awarded nine Associated Press Awards for journalism, including Best Documentary Best news story. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Nine Associated Press Awards. <laughs> Tim worked as a media consultant for IMB in France, Kenya, Zimbabwe, Madagascar, and South Africa. He's been working. His working knowledge of six languages. His last fourteen years, he's been involved with community development, helping the immigrant and refugee population in Metro Atlanta. He has over seventy-five thousand followers on Twitter. Ian, the wow. Uh, yeah, 25,000 followers. Tim's new podcast, Verbal Surgery, is upbeat to the extreme. We're glad to welcome Tim and his own uh, personal verbal, as our own personal verbal surgeon. His podcast, Verbal Surgery, it, um, to, is one of our groups, uh, uh, one of our sponsors. You can check out the banner at our website, freetalklive.com, or just visit. Uh, or excuse me, just search verbal surgery on iTunes. I, I've listened to just about all of them at this point, and I'll tell you, I find them to be edifying. I, I can see how some of our more skeptical, more not skeptical, but cynical uh, listeners might, uh, you know, might not be interested in it. But it's I positive think stuff. It's, it uh, really self, is. It's great kind of good stuff. I walked away from it feeling good um, after uh, many of them. All right, so verbal surgery. Uh, look for it on iTunes. There's a website involved, isn't there? You just go go to freetalklive.com, click on the uh, verbal surgery banner, and, and it'll take you there. Okay, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. We're going to continue here with your calls. Phil is listening in Virginia to WSVG. Hello, Phil. Phil in Virginia. How y'all doing this hey, evening? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Um. One quick thought, you were talking about the idea of wiretapping, and I saw it brought up when you call a business, and they say, this call may be monitored for quality assurance, so mm-hmm. forth. and that they never ask you, they just record it. And you know, frankly speaking, I think that's pretty much be a universal rule, that if you call someone and they record the call, they, they should have the right to record the call. If you call me, you know, you should have the, I should have the right to record the call. You know, it's our conversation. I took part in it. Um, I can see where, you know, that would make sense. Wiretapping, on the other hand, usually involves a third party, and that's where I have a problem with that. But between two individuals, if one of them records the call for some kind of posterity or something like that, and they make you aware that they may record the call. Yeah. You know, 
you yep. were made aware. Yeah, I don't yep. think that uh, it, it would be wrong for somebody to put a tap on my line or for me to put a tap on someone else's line without their knowledge and then use that information against them. And yeah, the, the I think it, I think it's generally broadly accepted that that's pretty uh, wrong to do. It's uh, this case, but what's happening is they're trying to take uh, what was you know that sort of notion is what wiretapping is based on. Right. And they're trying to take that and say you can't record a police officer doing his job. Or well, and, and here in this case, the uh, the feds are actually or the appeals court is actually saying that uh, that they're they're saying that as long as you're not doing it for some sort of uh, tortious or criminal act that is independent of the act of recording, that you can record uh, conversations if you're in you know if you're involved in it if you are one of well, the parties. I would I would think so, especially if I have a cop calling my house and harass me or something, which happened to me a long time ago. But but the case didn't the case didn't involve the police. It was only a case that involved uh, a family talking about a will. So I bet they would record. They would rule. They may rule differently if one of their agents (laughs) is uh, is one of the parties. That's my that's my suspicion. No, I think this is interesting because my understanding was it did vary from state to state. The whole idea of one party or what they call two-party wiretapping, where one of the two people involved records a conversation. Mm-hmm. They're one of the ones on the conversation itself, and they're having... And, and that in many states, it's it, that was not considered wiretapping, but in some states, it was considered wiretapping, or it wasn't illegal, or it wasn't legal, excuse me. But this is a federal precedent now that says well, that that's not... That's the one issue that I have with this, uh, this story, is it's not detailed enough to really make it clear uh, what the... Let's see, it was Connecticut, I guess... I, I presume it is Connecticut where this uh, where this happened. So they they do mention uh, in here at one point that it's a one party consent provision of this federal code that they're citing. Uh, so I'm not sure how that applies to the the different states and their different uh, state laws. So I don't know. It it's probably still a good idea to go ahead and let somebody know that you're recording just to just to CYA. You know, but yeah. uh, it's, yeah. it's just also just polite, you yeah. know, whether it's illegal or not, it's polite to let them know. It's like you, you're not trying to catch them uh, saying something embarrassing or something. You're letting them know, look, I'm recording. I, I'm doing it for a good reason or something. And and, and then you carry on your conversation. So, uh, Phil, I any other thoughts? I, I had different thoughts I wanted to bring up. Totally off this topic I wanted to bring up, but it's something that is uh, dominating the news as of late. That I wanted to uh, bring up because I haven't listened to the show in a couple of days. I don't know if anyone else has really talked about it, but uh, the big deal with this mosque issue down in New York City and people taking sides, yes, it should be built near ground zero. No, it shouldn't. Um, my own personal view is I, I don't know if you would agree or disagree is that they own the pro- if they own the property, they have every right build their mosque there. Damn right. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Now, I think it's about now, as, I, as silly. I will say this. Uh, this is kind of my addendum to, to the point, though. Is it necessarily in the best case, oh, given I, the events? I, I couldn't say that. I couldn't say that one way or the other. Most of the people making the, uh, the, the assessment are people that don't live in New York City. So if you've got people who live in, uh, you know, let's let's call them red states, making a decision as to what should be built near ground zero in New York City, then you're you're uh, you know that that's not fair. I think that New well, Yorkers uh, who uh, are uh, by uh, and uh, large New Yorkers aren't even American. Um, you know, I mean they're, <laughs> they're they they just aren't. I mean, you go go to New York and half the people don't speak English. I don't think that they doesn't care. Mean they're not American, whatever that means. Well, what? I... Anyway, go ahead with your I thoughts, Phil. 
probably actually, if you, if you listen, there's a, actually now a large contingent of, or growing contingent, a growing large contingent of construction workers who are saying, we don't agree that this should be here. We don't agree with the principle, you know, they, they'll even say they have the legal right to do it, but since we don't agree in that of its presence, we won't build it. We there you will go. not take part in the construction. And that's something they can do. That's a I, I kind of have a problem, though, with people who don't think it should be there even. I mean, because... Well, I mean, I think it's really built on a bunch of misinformation about, uh, I think, a lot of bad connotations are being about tied Muslims. to people. Yeah, yeah, in a groupism kind of way. And, and most Muslims are incredibly peaceful, I believe. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's point out that there's a guy building a gay bar aimed at Arabic men right down the street from the Muslim, uh, you know, uh, the mosque. And he's reached out to the mosque and the mosque is saying, hey, look, we don't want anything to do with you. So these people who are uh, being discriminated against are discriminatory at the same time. Bill, it's hard to feel bad for them. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Take control. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. So head on over there, freetalklive.com features, including our wiki with the over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you, W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. What's the reason that you don't write your Congress critters on important issues? It's because you know it's pointless? It doesn't have to be. Your uh, voice can be raised with tens of thousands of other people's voices. You can go to DownsizeDC.org and sign up now for their Downsizer Dispatch. They will let you know when, uh, when Congress is, is working on nefarious stuff and then you can use their system to you know get on board with thousands of other people who are writing them all at the same time sending the stuff not like email to their ma- mailbox but through their websites themselves they can't even avo- they can't even avoid this go to downsizedc.org and sign up for their downsizer dispatch like i am and ian like you are mm, indeed 800-259-9231 the SACL cai toll free line we will continue with your phone calls and then, Mark, we're actually going to get to uh, some cops defending their actions. Uh, we'll explain that in a bit. But first, we go to Eric in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's on your mind, Eric? Um, I just had a question. I was, uh, I was out with some friends and my friend's parents, and they're very, very conservative Republicans, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, the topic came out about me moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project, and they wanted to know about it, but I, I kind of wussed out, and I, I didn't want to tell them what it was, you know? Why? Because... This has happened to me. Yeah, they're, I, you know, they're, gonna, they're not going to like me anymore. You, well, can't, you know what I mean? You can, you can bend it um, into the, the right direction. I mean, I would say that most people... Uh, most people would view the, the, the political activists that are moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project, as likely as Republicans. I mean, does anybody disagree with that? Uh, I, I don't know. I, Most? I, I, maybe. I, I'm not sure. Just, I don't get I, involved I, in the politics scene. So you, I know that Andrew Carroll here... You can't make an assessment? 
Andrew Carroll here in Keene is a yeah, Democrat. There's some Democrats. There's some notable Democrats that do well um, on in you know as the far first, as the first the first activist that was a re- uh, that was uh, elected was a Democrat. Yeah, these are anecdotal. I'm asking you about most anecdotal. Fine. Okay, now you've corrected my verbiage. I don't. Will know. you answer the damn question? I can't say. I mean, answer it yes or no. I, w- I wouldn't say they are Republicans, but they've gotten Mostly. involved in the Republican Party. I would say that they're, you know, they're pretty liberty-minded folks that have, have made one choice over another based on politics. I think that the areas in which they are living in New Hampshire are largely Republican areas, and they've chosen to get involved in the Republican Party because they know that getting involved in the Libertarian Party is probably a waste of their time. So I don't know if that means that they're Republicans. I don't think that, I don't think that Andrew Carroll's a Democrat either. He's you're just chosen to get involved. You're a Republican if you say you're a Democrat. If you you're a Republican, that's all. He's chosen to get in involved in the democratic party well i don't know about that mark how about the people i mean you know people that come through sort of through the republican uh, philosophy wouldn't you say that a great deal I, I would say most of the people that are uh, you know active on the political side as far as uh, the free state project probably came through the republican end of it rather than the Democrat end. maybe a true statement i've never taken a poll so i don't know well i mean if i said like you know I disagree with the drug war and, you know, pretty much every war that the government has claimed. I, I just feel like I'd probably get a very negative reaction, and it, it'd probably be really awkward, and I just kind of wish that. Wait, from the Free State Project or from Republicans? From Republicans. Just, oh. From these parents. Specifically the parents of his friend, right? Right, right. So well, you can take it from an and, uh, an angle that Republicans would uh, t- would c- could more likely appreciate. <laughs> yeah, you can and say you I'm t- moving to New Hampshire to work towards smaller government. No, even if you said that you disagree with the war on drugs, you think that the war on drugs is is wasteful um, economically, and it forces people that uh, that w- would prefer not to pay for the incarceration of uh, people that haven't hurt anybody to to have to pay for it. And that that's tyranny. Unless you're talking to somebody that uh, absolutely is against the idea of drugs and doesn't care about that stuff. Well, I don't know if I'd say that. But I, oh, I also have one more thing. Well, by the way, just before you go on with your one more thing, um, right. who cares if you offend these folks? You're leaving. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's a really good family friend of mine. You know. I, I see. I, oh, so would have offended your friend as well, not just his parents? Well, no, probably just his parents. My my friend, you can't. You didn't really care about anything, but I mean, not literally, but. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully he cares about feeding himself. He can't, he and... can't shake his cage. You know, he can't rattle his cage. He's... Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, whatever you well, want to do, man. I mean, obviously you don't want to recruit people like this, right? I mean, if they're intolerant, then uh, certainly you don't want to pander to them. You don't want to tell them this is something that it's not, the uh, the Free State Project. You don't want to make it look like it's uh, it's going to be up their alley when it may, in point of fact, not be at all. You could point out the Republican governor of New Hampshire welcomed the Free Staters. Well, I, I'm just I, saying, this, that's what these like, people care about. They care about in, enlarging the size of their, their, their tents or whatever. And as long as you're inside the tent, they don't have that much bad to say to you. Anyway, go ahead with your other thoughts. Oh, I, I just I got a letter in the mail from the uh, Department or Texas Department of Transportation. And, uh, and it says, to the driver of the vehicle below, and it uh, you know, has all my information for my car. Recently, a citizen reported an incident of littering from the above vehicle. The information was reported to us through our Report a Litter program. This program is an educational and outreach program um, effort on the part of the Texas Department of Transportation and the Don't Mess with Texas Anti-Litter Campaign. Okay. And uh, then below they list a, uh, why littering is bad. Okay, uh, but there's no, there's no fine or anything like that, right? No, no, thank God. Okay. Yeah, well. Just browbeating you. If, it, if it's true that you littered out of your car, then it was bad of you to do that. Was it you? Did you do it? 
Oh yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I'm, I, I did literally. I had a cigarette, but you know. Oh, don't throw your cigarettes naughty. out the window, man. This is the That's this trashy, is the reason dude. that uh, cigarette cigarette smokers are treated like second class citizens. Well, because not the they only act reason. like it. It's not the yeah. only reason. It's sure. it's largely it. I mean, I can tell you, it it enrages me to see them throw their. I, I used to smoke. I never did that. I, I it bothers me not as much now as it used to. It used to enrage me. I'd be like, why are you, those things are nasty? Why are you just discarding them? Yeah, they have ashtrays in the car for a reason, right? I mean, I'm not. I'm not thing it's you know i i didn't do anything wrong i'm just the fact that they have a program where what do you mean you didn't do anything wrong you you littered dude I'm, I'm not, you don't think no, that's no, wrong no, 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 no. i'm not saying i didn't do anything oh wrong. i see i don't agree with littering i just don't agree with a program that you know I guess sort of conditions you to rat on your neighbor. Well, that's the it's the nature of uh, public property, right? I mean, like, what else are you going to do when when you have property that's owned in a uh, you know a public sense? Then people are going to feel free to throw their crap out of their windows of their cars when they go on it because they know they don't have to clean it up. You don't throw them. I mean, you don't throw them on your lawn, likely. Um, you know, if it's your lawn, if you rent, then you're probably more likely to do so. So, um, you know, that's that's the nature of that. And then what? What do they what do they do how do, how else do they handle that scenario i suppose the people that own it which is supposedly the public are going to you know they, they need a a place to be able to report other people that are that are abusing it yeah it's one of the least objectionable government programs i've heard of i mean certainly they're spending money to send those letters out uh that you could object to that right if you were uh, but, if you were in the public park taking this swing sound uh, swing set down with a with a torch with a blow torch would would you think it was <laughs> wrong if somebody reported you to the cops no, no, that's. It's that's just a, it's just a more extreme circumstance. Yeah. You're still vandalizing the uh, the property by throwing your crap on it. Now, I, I think that there's uh, an argument to be made in the area of litter when you're talking about biodegradable stuff. You know, the the shells of walnuts or uh, you know an apple core or something like that. I think that For there's sure. there there's there's a gray area in litter. However, I don't think cigarette butts no. quite fit in that uh, that gray area. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. At least they didn't send him a fine yeah, know, based sure. on somebody's report. That would be I would I would object to that. Uh but just sending a letter saying, "Hey, please don't do that." Mm. You Not know, the most objectionable government program, and 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 cigarette smokers to some extent, uh, the, the the ones that throw the, the especially the throw the butts out the windows. This is part of the reason that you guys are treated like crap is because well you throw your butts all over the place your litter bugs um, mm-hmm. and you know I'm not talking about the ones that are conscientious about their butts I'm con- I'm talking about the ones who are not and it's, it's not okay it's lazy well, it's I mean, part of it's it, part of it's cool it's cool to flick a butt oh is that right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, it's really the 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 pinnacle of laziness because is it that much more difficult to stub it out in your uh, in your ashtray and, and then take it out and put it in the trash can the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want to control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. 
is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Uh, if you like the show and you enjoy the fact that we give you everything on our site for free, well, then you can step up and voluntarily contribute to the show through the Free Talk Live AMP program. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up with any major credit card or PayPal or some alternative options uh, for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board with the program and expose new people, therefore, to the ideas of freedom. So if you think that's worth uh, the price of a cup of coffee every, every month, head on over to AMP. .freetalklive.com. Oh, yeah, you get perks, too, like the uh, AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, and more. In fact, Mark, you had somebody send you an email confused about the AMP program that uh, they, they weren't sure where to get all their perks. Uh, it's all listed in the AMP-only forum, and maybe I haven't made that clear enough, so I'm going to work on that this weekend to try to make that a little more obvious uh, for folks. But uh, there's Yeah, there's, when I went to the AMP-only forum, I didn't uh, see what where the perks were. There's a whole sub-forum there called AMP Perks. Okay. So it's right there at the top. Put a star next to it. Yeah, I don't know if I can do that, but uh, nonetheless, we'll, we'll try to make it things a little more obvious for you. Uh, amp.freetalklive.com. Head on over there and get amped. Let's go to your phone calls. Uh, Joe is listening in New York. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hello. Hey, Joe. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I was just uh, picking up on uh, uh, your conversation about the uh, iPhone audio recording, yes, wiretapping, yeah. ruling. And, and I guess I guess you express a little, um, maybe a little confusion, um, and it is conf- quite, it, uh, it is all quite confusion, confusing. Mm-hmm. I thought I would uh, take a stab at maybe uh, trying to uh, make it more confusing. Pop. Okay, please. Um, just, just uh, you know, each state, each state has uh, state laws on wiretapping. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some states I know, like for example, Maryland. A few years ago, there was that. A woman who recorded a congressman or something, buddy or whatever, on a cell phone in Maryland. Big stink, ten years ago or so. But anyway, uh, um, to the, I guess a little bit to the point is, this this ruling comes out of the Second Circuit Court of Appeals, okay, which includes certain states. I think uh, it certainly includes New York, includes uh, I believe New Jersey and Connecticut. And I think the the controversy started in the state of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know what the uh, wiretap law is in Connecticut, but there's a federal wiretap law. Any, uh, my, I guess, the, the, uh, in New York, you can have uh, only one party needs to know, uh, has to be aware of a wiretap. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, up in New Hampshire, where you folks are, uh, in Massachusetts, in the state of Maine, well, they fall under the first circuit. Okay, so so the first thing is, this ruling might might be a little bit newsworthy, but it, it it doesn't even apply. It's not the law where you live. You you follow me? Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Right? That's why I said it's probably a good idea to go ahead and notify people they're being recorded anyway, because um, you don't want to rely on the you know the courts because they can change their minds and and as you're yeah, saying, yeah, there's right. different districts, etc. Right, right. The the uh, the law where you live. Let's say on this controversy, only becomes this these, this ruling could only possibly become the law. Say where you live, if the Supreme Court were to take up the case, correct? Then it's the law of the land, and so so it, it, it's like a, a really confusing um, situation. Um, and and I guess I I guess I would uh, 
uh, you've already said it, but uh, I guess this uh, certainly shouldn't give any comfort um, necessarily to well, anybody doing anything except possibly uh, it is the law in New York now. So generally, yeah. even when people, you know, when people mount a defense, when lawyers mount a defense, they will often use case law from other states, um, Louisiana, Louisiana being the poorest choice. Um, so they often use uh, case law from other states. So it is helpful if not uh, firm, right? It's real help. It's yeah, yeah. I'm not a lawyer, but I can tell you, um, it's really helpful. But see, there's a thing that that's often times return uh, referred to as, uh, like as you say, somebody arguing case. Well, there's binding law, and then there's uh, binding law. It's precedent, and then there's what you're saying is there's you know uh, other other cases that might be on point and might have something to say about whatever the controversy is. Mm-hmm. It's, the, the, the crux of the thing is, binding law is only what, in the Second Circuit, I happen to be in a state covered under the Second Circuit, it's, that's, that, that is the law in this territory. It's not the law in your territory, but it's newsworthy. This thing is somewhat newsworthy because I, uh, you're absolutely correct. When the controversy, if it should come up in New Hampshire... They're going to be reading this opinion and put in front of another federal court judge, mm. and maybe it'll become the law in, in where you live. Maybe it'll, it will. You know, maybe it won't. Yeah. But, right. It's real complicated. I guess I don't mean to get so esoteric. No, no, no. I, 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 no, I think that's great. Thank you for uh, you know, no, Please, I think you did a fine job. And thank you for sure. the clarification. Anything else you want to share tonight? No, no, no not at all. I appreciate Thanks, your Joe. show. Thanks for the call. Uh, appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231, <laughs> the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. So, yeah, as I say, regardless of whether you're in New York or in California or whatever, better to CYA, cover your booty, and uh, let them know that, uh, that you're recording a call. It, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> in fact, it'll change people's behavior, too, by the way, when, uh, when you are, for instance, the, the police, uh, if, they're, if they know they're being recorded, they may behave in a less violent uh, manner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Although it could change in the other direction. They could lash out, steal your camera, and break it. <laughs> you know, so there's always that possibility uh, as well, which is why you should have more than one. <laughs> you get one camera. You got one audio recording device. Yeah. And another then a, person like, with another one, etc. A, a secret one is always a good idea too, yeah. because they never know. You can go to freedomcam.net. They have uh, they have some ones that you can you can hide on your person. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's cool. a great idea to have extras. Right. Well, that way you can tell them. Yeah, I just want to let you know I'm recording this encounter. And they go, oh, yeah? Grab your camera, bust it on the ground. You're still recording the encounter. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And you inform them. Now, one might be able to argue at that point that the the police officer had the expectation of privacy. And they can say, or at the court, they can say, turn off your camera. Okay. Click. (laughs) (laughs) Turn off that one. Right, because saying you're recording doesn't mean you're shooting video. It just means you're recording. So whether you're recording video or audio or, or whatever. Plus, you can also bluff as well. If you don't actually have your recording device or if it's dead on batteries or something like that, bluff them. Oh, yeah, but just want to let you know I may be recording this encounter. Then you're not lying. You're not telling a lie, although it doesn't matter. You can lie to, uh, to the cops. I've you been meaning to, to put to stickers on my car. Hmm? I've been meaning to put stickers on my car. That you're being that, recorded? That uh, anyone who approaches within the vicinity of this vehicle may be recorded. That's great. That's a great <laughs> idea. But you might want to go ahead and let them know anyway, even when they approach, yeah. because they might, have not, they might not have read the stickers. There's that possibility. Uh, 800-259-9231. In fact, speaking of cops and recording, we're going to get to that story coming up here in hour number three. The police defending arresting people for recording them 
in public places. But first, we go to Rob in Arizona. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hello, how are you? Hey, today? great, Rob. What's on your mind tonight? I <laughs> uh, just been wanting to touch on. I was uh, listening in a little while ago, and you guys were on the subject uh, subject about Yahoo and other companies spying and um, wiretapping and all that other stuff. And I I don't know a lot about that, but there is um, something that Alex Jones touches on, uh, on a subject about kids that are doing homeschooling and. Their homes, uh, while they're homeschooling, they're spying on them to see they have cameras in the government laptops to spy on them to see if they're actually doing their work or goofing around. Well, they wouldn't be and, being uh, homeschooled right, there's if they a, had this a government was, laptop. This was a circumstance where one school district gave some laptops, uh, gave a bunch of laptops to, to students, students, and then um, you know, used the, the, the webcam to spy on the students. That's right. And, and, and take pictures. It, it, was, it was horrible stuff. But, and uh, it, was, it was legitimized by the, the system. They, they said, yeah, nothing, no crime was committed no here. No crime was committed, but uh, they, they yeah. didn't say that it was okay to do it. Um, yeah. Well, wait a minute. If it was wait, wait, wait. if there was no crime committed, then they didn't. Then that means it's okay by their by their laws, Mark, by their system. That means that that school district is free to continue operating in that uh, in that. Manner. Well, I wouldn't trust any computer given to me by the government. So. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't trust the government with my kids and uh, and their education. So get your kids out. Yeah, but the thing is, is that not only that they were spying on them even when they weren't doing school. They were spying on them when oh, they yeah. were dressed. Yes, yeah, at all times. Stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry if we didn't make that clear. The, those cameras were at op. If that laptop was on, uh, the camera could have been operating and taking uh, taking pictures. But but the ruling in the case was that there was no crime committed. So uh, the government's co- you know it's covering uh, itself. It's it's backing itself up and it's basically saying yeah when we take pictures of uh, kids in their in their bedrooms it's fine. But if you were to do the same thing, of course, uh, to you know like the teenager next door, uh, you'd be in big trouble. And um, just one one real quick thing I want to touch on is um, I'm a young kid and I'm only 15 years old and I'm and I've been getting into um Alex Jones a lot because my friend introduced me to. His well, you should be careful. YouTube. There's uh, there's a chance you might get angry. Uh, there's a lot of anger in that uh, that particular program. I mean, I, I'm sure Alex has the best of intentions, uh, but he's still stuck in the anger zone. So uh, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Uh, yeah, more coming up here. You can take control. Hour number three is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a 30-second edition of Verbal Surgery. I'm your verbal surgeon, Tim A. Cummins, here to radiate your brain for maximum gain. Because let me tell you something. You are a person of tremendous value, of great love towards others, and people love you, too. That's because you are a terrific person, a person of terrific qualities, getting better every day, because you get to listen to VerbalSurgery.com. Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231, as we launch here into the third hour of the program. Uh, You can, of course, bring up whatever might happen to be on your mind, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where you, the listener, get to control the content of the site. You submit a uh, show prep suggestion, perhaps a news article or blog post or video or audio or something you find online that you think is pretty special, you think our listeners would enjoy, you put it up on the site, and then other people get the chance to vote on it, whether they like or dislike, and the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of our website. 
Joining you tonight on the air, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And again, freetalklive.com. So, Mark... We've been talking about wiretapping. For those of you just tuning in, wiretapping has uh, been the discussion on the table, at least for the last half an hour of the show, some of the uh, the government's rules about it and the, some of the ways to go about it. Uh, but what are some of the government people saying, Mark, about their arresting of people for uh, for recording things? Because they, they, they're calling it wiretapping when you are standing in their jail, like, like our friends from LibertyOnTour.com were down in Massachusetts recently. They were at a, a, a public jail. They were in a public area of the jail, and they had their video cameras there, and they were arrested for so-called wiretapping. Sure, being where they were, they would not have been arrested for trespassing. Um, this was they were there the, to bail someone the out. The only reason they got arrested was because they had a video camera and they wouldn't turn it off when the when the public servants in a public place didn't want to, uh, did not want to be exposed to you know public scrutiny. Exactly. So, uh, so they're going to defend themselves because there has been some uh, mainstream media. Coverage of this, not specifically the Liberty on Tour guys, but uh, just the general idea of being able to record the police, because it's not just happening to them. Around the country, police yeah. are, are attacking. This they is are an arresting. idea whose time has come. And it's the idea of recording. It's the only accountability they really have. It's just yeah. that they might be subject to public scrutiny. They might be subject to being uh, criticized and embarrassed about their behavior and things like that. Yeah, activists uh, of all stripes need to need to push this issue. It's a huge issue. Right. So, uh, but but it's been getting coverage. I think in Time Magazine, USA Today. So mainstream media has picked up on this one, and even the mainstream media is normally very state worshiping. Normally, very uh, you know they look positively on the actions of the government. Even on this issue, they are critiquing the government. They're saying, "What are you doing? You're arresting people for videoing your so-called uh, public servants in public places. Pretty crazy." Yeah, you know, if it wasn't the if the video wasn't so outrageous of what so many of the police officers have done, then like beating know, people, for yeah. instance. <laughs> <laughs> or, or yeah, just outrageous. Or lying. Anyway, yeah. this is uh, from Reason.com. I believe that I got it, and I got it a, a while ago. This is uh, the article is actually from August the ninth, and I think I got it off FreeTalkLive.com. I think it was in one of the higher positions there, so you can go and vote these articles up and down yourself. The bait. The debate over whether citizens should be permitted to record on-duty police officers intensifies this summer. High-profile incidents in Maryland, Illinois, Florida, Ohio, and elsewhere spurred coverage of the issue from national media outlets ranging from Associated Press to Time to NPR. Outside the law enforcement community, a consensus seems to be emerging that it's bad policy to arrest people who photograph or record police officers on the job. The Washington Post, USA Today, Washington Examiner, Washington Times, and is, uh, Instapundence Glenn Reynolds writing in Popular Mechanics – weighed in on the side of uh, citizen photography and videography, and it, it can be an important check to keep police officers accountable and transparent. Mm-hmm. But so far, it's been a little, there's been little activity in state legislators to prevent these arrests. That's likely because any policy that makes recording cops an explicitly illegal endeavor is likely to encounter strong opposition from law enforcement organizations. Right, and the state legislatures never do anything against the cops. I mean, it's very rare that you'll actually see them do anything the cops don't want them to do. So uh, in the many examples, for instance, we've had here in, uh, in New Hampshire with uh, the various different cannabis uh, remove, trying to people trying to remove restrictions on cannabis, medical marijuana, adding that in, and that sort of thing, changing the uh, the war on drugs to be a little more compassionate. The police come out in you know in force uh, to oppose it. 
uh, even though the people that are opposing the war on drugs might be a uh, hundred and there might only be ten cops uh, in favor of the war on drugs in, at, a, at one of these testimony hearings that they have in front of the legislators, they rule in favor of the cops every single time. It's just it's it's sad. Yeah, they they certainly do. It's a, it's it's an incestuous bunch, and I don't know, uh, you know, I, I don't have any a good solution for how that's uh, going to be happening um, in order to prevent it. But it what you say is true. So what's the justification for bringing and supporting charges against people who record or photograph police officers? I recently spoke with three law enforcement officials about it. Um, I, by the way, this is uh, Reason.com, and I'll uh, give the authors uh, credit here. It's, this is Radley Balco. So um, pr- prosecutors currently pursuing felony charges against citizens who made audio recordings of uh, on-duty cops. Two of them are. And the third is an executive director of the Fraternal Order of Police, America's largest police union. Joseph Kessely of uh, Hartford County, Maryland, uh, state's attorney, he's currently pursuing felony charges against Anthony Graber, who was arrested last April for recording a police officer during a traffic stop. Maryland is one of 12 states that require all parties in a conversation to give consent before the conversation can legally be recorded. But like nine of those But like nine of those 12, Maryland also requires that for the recording to be illegal, the offended party must have had an expectation that the conversation would be private. To bring charges against Graber, Cassilli would not only need to believe that the on-duty police officers have privacy rights, but in the Graber case in particular, that cop who had drawn his gun and was yelling at a motorist on the side of a busy highway. Yeah, this one's crazy. There's video of it. He isn't in uniform and isn't in a cop car. So he is essentially some crazy guy who pulls over and points a gun at this guy. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's absolutely nuts. Um, have good reason to believe that the entire encounter was private, that the, the cop would have good reason to believe the entire encounter was private. This seems all the more absurd given that motorists in such a situation clearly don't have any reasonable privacy expectation. Anything they say uh, during a traffic stop is admissible in court. Mm-hmm. So – um, you know, he. <laughs> I guess the cop has a pr- uh, expectation of privacy because he knows that what the motorist says um, about his be- the cop's behavior isn't. It may be admissible in court, but nobody's going to believe it. That when a police officer says something, it's immediately going to believe. Mm. So if, if the police officer lies and says this motorist said that you know said something that was illegal that that yeah. gave me probable cause to search his vehicle. Well, if he lies, then there's nothing him, you can do about it. Yeah, there's no, take him at his word. But if a motorist says something, and there's no corroborating evidence that this police officer said such and such and so and so, yep. man, you might as well flush that down the toilet. Nobody cares. The officer having his gun drawn or being in a public roadway has nothing to do with it, Casilli says. Neither does the fact that Mr. Graber's, um, what Mr. Graber said during uh, the stop could be used in court. That's not the test. The test is whether police officers can expect some of the conversation that they've had, they have while on the job to remain private and not be recorded and replayed for the world to hear. This Last, is an attorney saying all that. Yeah, right? This is the guy who's prosecuting the case. This is the craphead who <laughs> is taking the case and is uh, you know, taking the state's side mm-hmm. on this one. And he may very well be the, the guy who's doing the most for liberty because I don't think this is going to go anywhere. Maybe the court will rule, um, you know, make a crappy ruling. But these things need to happen 
in order for these laws to change, unfortunately. Yeah. And this is the time. The time has really come for this. This is uh, our, our public servants, if you want to call them that, um, I have, are gangsters. not acting like it. And it's, and it's coming because of technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it's coming down to is that it's not hideable anymore. They've been able to keep it hidden all this time. It could be very well be that the technology is going to get more better behaved police. Yep, technology. Because they have to. I mean, they finally can't just keep, you know. Te- technology provides more freedom and a better and a, and a better standard of living and no doubt it, about it. It, it and that's what's going to happen in the circumstance I, I think it i think it comes down to uh, exposing the truth i mean the fact that 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 people can communicate more quickly that ideas get exchanged quickly that that people see what's going on in the world more quickly that i think all of this is about us achieving the truth faster you know finding truth faster and uh and it's you know it's the natural way of things so we're not actually going to hear. We are actually going to hear from the cops defending themselves here in a moment. Well, right? this is actually the prosecutors defending the cops. I see. I thought we we're going to get quotes from the cops themselves. Uh, this is. I, I, is he I, claiming they have an expectation of privacy? I mean, yes, that's what his claim is. Did you not hear what I read? No, it, it didn't sound like I that that he said that. That uh, he, uh, officer, <laughs> yes, it's saying that uh, this is not the test. The test is whether officers can expect some of the conversation that they have while on the job to remain private and not but be recorded. Not when there's a the camera out hear. in front of them. How could they expect well, in privacy? In this case, then? the guy had the, the camera on his helmet. It wasn't ready. Wasn't readily obvious. We're coming up. You take control. Free talk live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and all the features on the site we give to you. So do enjoy those, including our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You can get .anything over there, as a matter of fact. You can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. They've got thousands of templates. Um, you can use the coupon code FTL if you go to HostGator.com, but it's probably easier just go to HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. It's whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website. Let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. All right, we're going to continue here. Mark, you've got a story that you're sharing with us about the uh, the government people defending their arresting of folks who were videotaping them. And this is the attorney for the the cop that the hot-headed cop that pulled over a, a man or essentially ran a guy off the road uh, who was on his uh, his bicycle. Did he run him off the road? His motorcycle got out of his car and then uh, proceeded to pull a gun on the man. Uh, then later revealed that he was a police officer. The guy had a camera on his helmet, the man that was pulled over. Uh, yeah, he's kind of doing some stunt cycling stuff, th- stuff he absolutely should not have been doing in the interstate. 
whatever. So, I, I'm not sure if he was uh, safe or not in what in what he was doing. But uh, nonetheless, the the cop was a real hothead. He pulled a gun on this man, and now the guy's been charged with felony wiretapping as a result of recording that video. Right. You know, if if they give the guy reckless driving or whatever, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be in the news, and it's not an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the cop pulling his gun. I, that seems extreme in in those circumstances. Um, but this is about this is about the recording, and there's no reason to go after the guy for the recording. Last February, University of Maryland student Jack McKenna was beaten by riot police after a basketball game. Cell phone videos of the beating contradicted police reports and resulted in the charges against McKenna being dropped and in the suspension of several police officers. Uh, would Casilli have charged the, those cell phone videographers with felonies if their recordings picked up audio? After all, it's the audio portion of the video that triggers state wiretapping laws. Mm-hmm. In College Park, you had lots of people around. You had people screaming and shouting. The officers in that case had no reason to think the situation was private, he says. That's Casilli, the uh, the prosecutor in the in the previous case. Casilli's interpretation of the law is awfully vague. How is your average Marylander supposed to know if taking video of what he thinks may be police abuse is protected speech <laughs> or if it's a f- felony punishable by a possible prison Well, clearly term. they should know because they should be spending all their free time reading the government laws. But the and- government, but this guy's just interpreting it in whatever way he wants. You know, this lawyer is just reterp- interpreting it in any way. Yeah. You could even know that if you, read, uh, if you read the law. This is his interpretation of the mm-hmm. law. He's taking a wiretapping law and applying it to videotaping public officials on public time uh, being recorded the by the, the public, public. Yeah. who are acting like flaming jerks. He says that the test is, well, um, you know, whether or not these people had an expectation of privacy. The test is whether the public needs to provide is for, should be forced to, to 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 pay for these sociopaths that are running around with badges in some cases mm-hmm. and just doing whatever they want and then having the system protect them. That's the test. The test is: Do we have a government that is serving the people, or is the are the people forced to serve the government bureaucrats? Well, we uh, I think we know the answer to that question. I know the answer to that, but that's the test. Yeah, in my mind. And it will never be any other way so generally, until they stop aggressing against people. Generally, Casilli says police actions in front of large crowds of people can probably be recorded, but citizen recorders put themselves in legal jeopardy when there are fewer people around, yeah. and an officer <laughs> is more likely to think his conversation is private. But this seems to negate the use of citizen recording when it should be most important as a tool to hold misbehaving police officers accountable. They don't Mis- want to be held accountable. Right. Misconduct in front of large groups of people is obviously more likely to produce Lots of witnesses to challenge the police narrative right. of the event. What if a police officer is harassing or intimidating somebody in close range, such as during a traffic stop or an unpopular, uh, an unpopulated street at night? Would it be a felony to record those interactions? Yes, according to this Casilli. Mm-hmm. What if recording captures unquestionable law-breaking on the part of the officer, matter. such as a threat or a shakedown? I'm not going to respond to a hypothetical scenario, Casilli says. <laughs> it depends on the circumstances. <laughs> Last it, it, what he what we dealt with there. Of course, was you a, don't know. Was it's too late to catch it on film if you wait for them to do it and mm. then try to pull out your camera. Sure, right. <laughs> it's a quick drawing with them. Um, in this case, the officer drew his uh, service re- weapon when he shouldn't have drawn it. It's a violation, I'm sure, of uh, of policy of the police department. It'll and never be brought up on any charge. Of course for that. he won't. Of course he won't. But the um, this Casilli guy is is um, as far as I'm concerned is protecting the criminal. This, uh, Absolutely. This That's his job. 
It's his job to protect his buddies who are the real criminals and occasionally go after uh, another non-governmental criminal. Last month, the Office of Maryland Attorney uh, General Doug Gansler issued by an advisory opinion that would uh, seem to be at odds with Casilli's interpretation of state law. Gansler's office found that it is unlikely that most interactions with police could be considered private, as some law enforcement agencies have interpreted the state's wiretapping act. But that opinion isn't legally binding and may not affect Anthony Graber's case. In fact, when I spoke with Casilli, we talked before Granzer's opinion, I asked him about a 2000 Maryland, Maryland AG's opinion stating that motorists have no privacy expectations during a traffic stop. So the motorist has no privacy expectation during a traffic stop. Casilli replied, those opinions are just the attorney general paying some lawyers to tell him what he already thinks. I don't have to agree with it. <laughs> so when the attorney general says it, I don't have to agree with it. Unlike a Maryland, the law in Illinois is much clearer. It is illegal to record anyone in public without their consent. The state has no stipulation about privacy expectations. It once did, but the legislator removed that provision in 1994. That amendment was actually a direct response to a state Supreme Court decision throwing... Get the hell out of there. Yeah. Illinois, awful place. <laughs> um, throwing out the conviction of a man who recorded two cops from the back of a police cruiser. In Illinois, felony eavesdropping is the same class of crimes as sexual assault. It's punishable by four to 15 years in prison. So it's recording cops is the same. Molest a four-year-old, you're yeah. as bad as someone who records a cop. Yeah. Crawford County State's Attorney Tom Wiseman is currently bringing five felony charges against Michael Allison, a 41-year-old construction worker who mm. recorded police officers and other public officials he thought were harassing him. I'm writing a feature about Allison's case for a forthcoming uh, issue of Reason. This is Radley Balco. Mm-hmm. Allison was... That does fi- great work, by yeah, the way. Yeah, he does. He's a nice guy, too. I uh, met him at the, uh, the, the Liberty... Liberty uh, Forum. Liberty right. Forum. That's right. Allison was fighting a zoning ordinance forbidding the storage of unregistered or inoperable vehicles on private property. Allison thought he was being unjustly targeted by local authorities and was planning a civil rights lawsuit, so he began recording his conversations with local law enforcement. He faces up to 75 years My in God. prison for doing so. I asked. Uh, I first asked Wiseman if he thinks that Michael Allison should spend the rest of his life in prison for making audio recordings of on-duty public officials. Now who's Wiseman again? Wiseman is the prosecutor in that case. Okay, so, so we're going to find out what this sleaze bag has to say. In yeah. case you couldn't guess, eight hundred two five nine. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's come on. It's right yeah. out of the textbook. Yeah. My job isn't to write the laws. My job is to enforce them. Oh God. More coming up, 800-259-9231, and it's our job to stop obeying these scum and stop paying them and get together and act like free people and set ourselves free. We'll talk about the Free State Project coming up. You can take control, bring up anything. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Thank you. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. You can join Dale over on his website, anarchyinyourhead.com. Hundreds of uh, great liberty-oriented comics. It's the occasional blog post as well as a video blog from Dale. So if you want more Dale, that's the place to go, anarchyinyourhead.com. And, of course, we'll take your calls about whatever you want. We're just uh, continuing a story here for a little bit about wiretapping, and we're going to do that in a moment. But first, I want to invite you, if you are in one of these awful places like Illinois or uh, Maryland or Massachusetts, some of these places that are just, they have the most draconian of, uh, of some of the laws across the country. You're, Mark, just telling us about in Illinois how... Anytime you're in public, you are not allowed to record anyone without their consent in Illinois, including government workers. And if you do, you will be punished to the same extent as a child molester. Did I understand that correctly? That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just the, the places. It's also crumbling as far as its financial uh, situation. We talked about that recently as well. So if you're in uh, if you feel like you're living in a police state or that you will be soon, you might want to get to New Hampshire. You might want to get around other like-minded, liberty-oriented people, people that love freedom, people that are getting together. Hundreds of them have made the move so far to New Hampshire in order to get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. And thousands are pledged, over 10,000 over uh, 10,000 people pledged to move to New Hampshire and want to get to 20,000. So uh, you could be part of it. And that's what we all did. We all moved here from other places. You and uh, Mark, you and I came from uh, Florida. And Dale, you came from Georgia. And uh, people come from across the world, in some cases, to move to New Hampshire to get active for freedom. Come on up. Join the fun at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we continue, Mark, uh, is there more to this story here? Oh, yes. uh, Radley Balco at Reason Magazine. I I, I wonder whether we're going to make it, honestly. Oh, we we do have folks that want to talk, so we should probably wrap it up at some point here. um, You want me to... I'd like to hear from some more of these bureaucrats before we go on, but... uh, so Wiseman, this is the guy who's uh, prosecuting, I believe. This is an it, Illinois prosecutor. Yeah, a Crawford County, Illinois prosecutor says that uh, um, when, when asked if he thinks that uh, Michael Allison should be spend the rest of his life in prison for making audio recordings of on-duty public officials, he says, my job isn't to write the laws. My job is to just enforce them. Wiseman um, does have discretion. I am not supposed to think I will just hurt people. That well, is I, what I am told to do. I would like to point out that the, uh, the, the, the attorney general in Maryland, when asked about a, um, uh, an advisory opinion issued by the, the uh, state's attorney or whatever, um, the, the AG from 2000, that says that, you know, that, that a driver has no expectation of privacy during a, a traffic stop, says those opinions are just the uh, attorney general paying some lawyers to tell him what he already thinks. I don't have to agree with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, they say that. This, this is their excuse for doing the quote-unquote their job, um, doing what they want to do. And they say it's their job and they can't they, – they, they, I don't get to have an opinion about it. It doesn't matter. To, I, I, you know, I, I guess I could, should just sleep fine if I uh, you know, send this guy to prison for the rest of his life. Yeah, 75 years yeah, it's, this guy's it's ridiculous. for recording some It's disgusting. Tops. And it's, it's disgusting that a guy could do this job, that a guy could sleep, that a guy can kiss his kids, that a guy can uh, you yeah. know, you know, tell, his, tell his wife that he loves her, a guy that, that says this crap, that lets it come out of his mouth, that he can threaten a man with the rest of his life in prison over over videotaping people uh, public bureaucrats that he felt were harassing them and he's going to send send him to the prison for the rest of his life oh you know just doing my job man mm. <laughs> that's what the nazis said what a flaming jerk 
Allison thought the, yeah, Al, um, Allison thought the police were harassing him, given the difference, uh, the dif- deference that law enforcement officials get from courts and prosecutors. How can a citizen who feels he's being harassed or treated unfairly by law enforcement protect themselves? The only person doing any harassing here is Mr. Allison, who is harassing our public officials with his tape recorder. Wiseman says. All right. right. They may have some problems with bad police officers in some of your urban areas, but we don't have any of those problems around here. All of our cops around here are good cops. This is a small town and everybody knows everyone. And when our cops tell them to get down on the ground and put their face in the dirt, then it's the right thing to do. Is that a real quote? (laughs) No. It's oh, disgusting. God. I mean, I just can't believe anybody would say this crap. Yeah. You give somebody a monopoly privilege on the use of force, and you ex- expect that they're always going to do the right thing? You don't want any checks it's and balances? That's the thing to expect. What do you... This America, this is your cu- pu- public officials saying they don't want checks and balances on themselves. Well, we're checked the, the, enough. The, the way to say it is, let's see, if we just remove all accountability, people will do the right thing. Yeah, uh, if, we, uh, uh, if, if we remove all accountability from the government people, the government people will do the right thing. Because you could believe the accountability comes down in spades on the rest of us. This is two classes of people. Sorry, Johnson. I know you don't like me using the term uh, class. This is two classes of people: those in charge and those who are their, you know, their serfs, their, yeah. their, 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 their supporters, the people that must pay them tribute. Yep. You don't like it? The too lords bad. and the serfs. If you don't like it, then you can leave, right? And then you can go on another plantation where their masters will have the same, pretty much the same rules, and they'll treat you pretty much the same. Uh, maybe I don't slightly... think you're, you're not going to see the the level of uh, police. Uh, the, I don't. You're not going to see the level of police uh, presence and police steadiness in most other Western countries. Um, I mean, in America is just just more so in that way, in a lot of in a lot of ways. But I we're mean, the freest country in the world, Mark. Even though we lock up more a lot people of evidence than for that. I mean, you know. We have the worst. We have the worst police. We have the most, the biggest, uh, n- the most number of people in prison. The most portion of our population well, in prison. Well, you know what I mean, Mark. You can you're free to leave to another plantation, meaning one of the fifty plantations, mm. because the other plantation owners, even though what you're saying is they may not be as police state like, they still aren't going to allow you on their plantation unless you beg them for permission and promise to obey all of their rules, whatever arbitrary rules that they have. So you can't le- you can't legally go on to one of the other larger plantations. You can't go to the plantation of Canada. They won't let you in unless you beg them for permission and jump through whatever arbitrary right. hoops. It, they you put know, up. Just going in isn't one thing. You've got to be able to work and support yourself. Yeah. That's a right of man. And um, okay. essentially, there's People. no frontier left. There's nowhere to go and make a new freer nation anymore yeah you're, you're stuck with you know picking from what's left well there is new hampshire much. there there is new hampshire this is as far as i'm concerned this is the new frontier and there's some people that are that are pretty upset about it well, i love that line about how we're harassing uh how activists with cameras are harassing the police with their with their recording devices Yes. We're harassing them. They have no, and, and they, there's no reason for them to, uh, to to do so because all the cops in in that county are good. <laughs> We'd know if we had bad cops. Don't worry, we'll take care of it. <laughs> no, I would tell you the truth. I'm the prosecutor. I would never <laughs> lie to you. So finally, uh, Radley Balco goes on. I spoke with Jim Pasco, executive director of the Fraternal Order of Police. Um, Pasco, who supports these arrests, says he's worried that video would be manipulated to make police officers look bad. There's no chain of custody <laughs> in these videos, Pasco says. I think this is the best argument yet. 
I think it's the best one yet. I'm not saying it's it's legitimate. They do it to themselves. They make themselves look bad by being oh, thugs. I, I agree with you, but yeah. somebody could, uh, you know, some some it could be creative editing. Yeah, sure. somebody somebody could CG some cop in there, you know, kicking kicking around some, uh, you know, gay lady, black lady yeah, in a wheelchair, be talented or, for that, uh, who's nine years old or whatever. Yeah, well, the average they, YouTuber doesn't have that ability. Indeed, they <laughs> don't. I'm just saying that it's the best argument I've ever heard so far. George Lucas to do. <laughs> so there's no chain of custody with these videos how do i know that the video hasn't been edited how do we know that in the video isn't taken out of context with dashboard cameras or police security video that you can't get a hold of even if you ask the evidence is in the hands of law enforcement the entire time yes those are the people that we're worried about so it's admissible under rules of evidence that's not the case with cell phone videos the fact is oh, the time have- and time again when you request this video somehow it's not available wait a minute wait a minute they have no problem taking our videos and using them against us. I was just in court the other day uh, for the Catherine Bleich trial in Nashua, and they used Taryn Lupo's video from LCLReport.com. They were playing his video in court, so they have no problem with the, the chain of custody. In fact, the attorney uh, for Catherine objected to the state's use of the video, and he actually had his objection sustained. But get this, because the prosecutor was so incompetent that she, or was pretending that she was, she, she claimed to be so incompetent that she couldn't get the YouTube video to queue up to just the very few seconds that were, was actually relevant to the case. So because she couldn't figure out how to do that with YouTube, they just let, him, let her go ahead and play the whole video anyway. So even though the judge sustained the objection and said, yeah, you can only air five seconds of this video in court, uh, we'll, we'll just go ahead and play this full seven minutes because our prosecutor's an idiot. Uh, as a result, though, the free keen ad at the very beginning played like 20 times in court. It was great. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And, uh, by the way, this show is brought to you by MemoryDealers.com. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zenpacks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery at MemoryDealers.com. The toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. Mark, there's one, at least one more real golden quote here in this story from yep. Reason.com's Radley Balco. Uh, is this the Agitator blog, or is it just a feature piece of in Reason? This is Reason.com. And... Um, yeah, sorry to anybody who's uh, waiting on the lines. We'll get right to you. We're I talking just... about the uh, the wiretapping, uh, the government people uh, making excuses for why they think it's a fine thing to throw people in jail cells who are recording the police. 
And this is the Fraternal Order of Police, the president. Yeah, the president of the Fraternal Order of Police. Yeah, of the he national says, FOP. Yeah, he says, he says some amazing stuff here. Um, he says that, first off, and I think this is the best argument I've heard yet, that there's no uh, chain of co- uh, of command, chain, chain of, uh, of evidence. Yeah, rules of uh, evidence and, and chain of uh, custody for uh, these videos, and that they could be altered and that kind of thing. However, you pointed out that, I'm, and I'm sure this has happened all across the country innumerable times, that video from, you know, from just off, from off the in- internet can be used used to convict someone so then why can't it be used to convict a police officer anyway the uh mckenna goes on here you have almost a million police officers in this country and millions of contacts between those officers and citizens Um, i'll bet you can't name 10 incidences where citizen videos have shown a police officer to have lied on a police report Letting people record police officers in an extreme and intrusive response to a problem that's so rare it might as well not exist. Extreme and intrusive to record the cops. That's yes. what he's claiming. It's intrusive for the cops to be aggressing against peaceful people. Also, It's people- extreme to put people in cages who have not harmed others. Jackball. You know, also the, 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 his, his point here doesn't make a lot of sense because people don't have the opportunity. People are scared S-less to of record police. Uh, police. Yeah. Of course they're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a jerk. It, yeah. Letting, uh, anyway, he says uh, it would be like saying Our that we should heroes. do away with DNA evidence because there's a one in a billion chance that it could be wrong. At some point, we have to put some no. faith and trust in our authority figures. Oh. That's what oh. it's all about. It's all about this. It's all about, mm-hmm. look, cops should be able to say whatever the heck they want to yep. say, do whatever the heck they want to do, and there shouldn't be any accountability because, gosh darn it, we don't need it. We're the good guys. And yep. you people out there trying to say that we're not are bad. That's all there is to it. It's it's, it's simple-minded. And that's their position. Let's go to your phone calls. Jeremy is listening in Australia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeremy. Yeah, hi. Um, Did my first bit of voluntarist activism today, and I wanted to share it in case there's anybody else who has more time than me to do a bit more of it. Okay. Um, It's it's voting day here in Australia, and um, all the party hacks stand out in front of the polling places handing out flyers that promote their particular gangster. Mm Mm-hmm. So what I did was uh, printed out the world's smallest political quiz PDFs. Hmm. Um, you can find them at quiz.freeozradio.com, and I just handed them out um, with "Vote One Self Government" on the back. And um, there were a lot of long uh, there were long lines at the while well, I was at the polling place, so I saw a lot of people reading through the quiz with interest, uh, which Great. was good. And, uh, and my, my favorite was three young kids who uh, I think they were voting for the first time. And I was handing out the flyers, and I, uh, as I handed it out, I said, "Vote for yourself." And one of the one of the young kids said, "F yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's so a great it, opportunity um, because still like five or six hours left, so uh, of polling. So um, I forgot to put freeozradio.com on the flyers. So if anyone else uh, is listening in Australia and prints them out, that would be awesome if you put that on there. That's fantastic. I think it's a great idea because over in Australia, as Mark you actually mentioned this during the break, by chance, Mark apparently. Uh, they force you to vote in Australia, don't they? Yeah, that's right. So there's heaps of people there who um, don't have any interest in the system whatsoever, <laughs> right. but they just don't want to get a fine. Yeah. So it's actually so a real go. great way to kind of use the system against them because they're forcing all these people out against their will. It's a good time because it's always a good time for liberty activists to reach uh, the, the populace when they're being aggressed against, right? When, when the it. government is hurting somebody, that's when they're the most open to the idea of getting rid of the government. So it's, pretty, uh, yeah, it's a pretty brilliant my, my outreach. Wife put in a blank, 
my wife put in a blank ballot. I didn't have to vote because I'm not a citizen, but she put in a, a blank ballot. And while she was in line, there were people there saying, "Oh, you know, I don't. Both parties suck. Why do I have to vote for one of them?" And and she said, "You don't. <laughs> you don't actually have to vote. You just have to put in a blank ballot." Interesting. To, to not well, get um. You should write something on the ballot. Is my thought. Write something on it, but you can know. you write on it, or is it like a ch- scantron or checkbox thing where you can only? Uh, where are you using like it's a pen a or a pencil or whatever? But so they won't actually read it, but you yeah. can write whatever you want on it, and somebody mm-hmm. will probably see it. Is there? I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. But anyway, so they don't have write-ins in Aus- in Australia. There's not like a no. There's no write-ins. No. Hmm. There's about a million people to vote for because they have about you know there's like ten or fifteen. Um, other parties besides the two major ones, and some of them actually so get par- into the Senate. It's parliamentary? Yeah, that's right. Got it. Hey, good luck out yeah, there. Anything else you want to share? And thanks a lot. Thanks, Jeremy. appreciate it. reminds it. me of my uh, – I like to do outreach on Election Day mm-hmm. about what you can do as a peaceful alternative to politics. Like what? Uh, well, that's where I talk about voluntarism and talk about self-government and – and things like that, and uh, let people know that there's all sorts of things you can do to solve problems short of getting using government violence to do so. And that what you're doing when you go and vote, you're not engaging in violence directly, but you are playing their justification game for violence when they, they uh, elect politicians and grant them authority to use violence against people, that you're playing into that game. And so I, uh, I try to... It, it, it educate people about the fact that you're you're playing their justification game, and that's the just the game they use to uh, justify their violence. So. They sure do, uh, and <laughs> of course, it's kind of interesting when you're when you try to get the government people to. Uh, to be held accountable for their actions. As we were talking about earlier, the cops will always say, well, I'm just doing my job. And the prosecutor that you were reading from in that article, Mark, about the wiretapping, uh, he's saying, oh, I'm just doing my job. And if you don't like it, well, then you can go to the legislature. And then, of course, the legislature is going to say, well, you know, they voted for us. So we just we're doing this because the voters. Yep. uh, I've been given a mandate. Yeah. Mandate from the voters. Right. And then, of course, that's not that's nonsense because the voters haven't voted for anything. In many cases, voters are voting uh, for different. Different reasons. Some voters may indeed be voting for more, uh, you know, a bigger police state. That may yeah. be their motivations. So but a lot of them are say they're voting for the lesser of two evils. Right. They're trying to minim- the minimize that, damage. The, the person that gets in there who is the lesser of two evils says, "I've got a mandate from the voters." Right. You uh, know, no, they just thought you were less evil than the other person. Right. And then, and then the people like the cops and the military and all them are saying, "Well, I'm just following orders." Yep. You know, and you can't get anything. No one is responsible for any of the evil that's happening. You might be able to claim lesser of two evil in like the presidential campaign campaign or something like that where people actually have some foggy clue as to whom they're voting for and what they believe by the way not entirely true the uh, it was H- howard stern did a hilarious bit on uh, going out and interviewing some black people on their thoughts on barack obama and gave completely fabricated facts about barack obama and the, uh, the opposite of what barack obama believed and the black people said oh yeah that's great that's yep we're gonna vote for him for just that reason right it, you know it's just <laughs> yeah. showing that they were voting for him because of his race and and i think that that you know there's plenty of that going on but think about about the local level think about when you've gone into the polls on the local level i don't know how many people uh you know can't say they didn't do this i've done it is i just look at a name and say oh well that's a kind of name i like or you know <laughs> i mean you know especially if it's a nonpartisan race you don't know who to vote for or not you just feel obligated to bubble something in well i <laughs> you know? will say this much back when i was still voting and i got really politically active i did make a point not to do that i was like if i could not become educated about who is running I just didn't vote in that particular instance. Sure. At some point you decided to do that. And I've 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 done the same thing. 
However, did, that means likely that you did do it at some point before that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, oh, yeah. you just found somebody's name and says, oh. I, I, well, actually, I had a policy whenever I could, if I didn't know, and uh, I, I would, um, I had the policy I'd always vote for a female. If you could look at the name, like, oh, that's a female name, and the other one's a male name, I would vote hmm. female. Yeah, I, if I had nothing to go on at all. And people will vote generally on the, the you know, more likely on the person who's above uh, the top one. Uh, the top one on the list right? will get voted for. Um, you know, if you've got if you've got names that are clearly ethnic, you know, they got a they got a tough time um, as as far as with with other other ethnicities. It's just you know, it, it's silly. It's silly to claim that there's a mandate. Toll-free number. Yeah. We're not, like, I'm not going to give you that number. We're out of time. It's done. We're over, <laughs> but not forever, because tomorrow night we're here for the live Saturday edition of the program. Free Talk Live brought to you by SACL CAI. You need collections work taken care of. You should get in touch with them. Yeah, and SACL is uh, recommending that everybody go to antiwar.com. They're doing a fun drive right um, now. It's antiwar.com slash donate. And, uh, you know, they're doing good work over there. Dale, thanks for coming in. Hope your voice gets better. And thanks. we'll see you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. So uh, another edition of the the Edgington Post. And uh, today I have uh, with me is a guy we've talked about on the show a few different times is uh Daniel, I'm probably going to get your last name wrong here. Why don't you give it a shot? Daniel? Daniel Lockamacher. Lockamacher. I was going to go with Lake Maker. There uh, you go. Common enough. <laughs> so um, you are you were interviewed back probably a year, year and a half ago by the guys from the Motorhome Diaries. Apparently you were in the uh, the Navy and uh, you decided uh, that you became a principled libertarian type and decided you wanted out of the military. Uh, give us a brief overview of that story. Okay. Um, in short, I joined the military a couple of years before. Um, hadn't deployed. It just worked at bases around the states. Navy or Army? Deploying, uh, in the Navy. Okay. In the Navy. So I was a sailor. I was enlisted. I worked as a hospital corpsman. Okay. So different hospitals and clinics. And then in towards the end of 2007, I ended up deploying to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Mm. Um, that, yeah, that was quite a turning point experience for me, a little bit I know at the time. Um, so I had no objection to going down there. Um, I was actually kind of excited that this was going to be, you know, my part to actually play my piece in the quote-unquote war on terror. Mm-hmm. And so I, I left with very much high spirits about it. Uh, my experience down there, however, was uh, pretty much one of the worst in my life. Um, it was just a horribly hate-filled place um, with lots going wrong in a lot of different regards, that some of which has been more highly publicized than other aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but while I was down there as well and beginning to deal with uh, some moral qualms about what was going on, I came across the book Atlas Shrugged. So, okay. like many many a libertarian, it all began with Ayn Rand. Yeah, it, you know, it's um, so many, especially from a generation gone past. Um, it was it was basically Heinlein and, and Rand that uh, that that brought them almost all to to a to a person on board. So yeah, that was you know years later, her writing is still having a powerful impact, and I ended up flying my way through uh, Atlas Shrugged in no time flat, and realized that wow, there was something 
something very different out there that I had never considered before. And essentially that was the, the what I consider my fundamental moral principle now, the non-aggression principle. Um, and, you know, despite having been raised in, you know, a very Christian home and, and everything else and hearing all about morals growing up, morals to me had always been, you know, you do what God says, you do what your parents say, you do what somebody else in authority figure is telling you to do. Sounds um, accurate. Whereas with, yeah, with far too many people, that, that's the case of what morals are in America. Um, but Rand presented something entirely different, um, which I just fell for right away, which was a reasoned-based morality um, centered around that non-aggression principle. Um, unfortunately, while I was still down there at the time, I had enough you know, cognitive dissonance going on between the fact that it was still my job, still what I needed to do. I don't think I could have emotionally even, even figured on actually trying to buck the system at that point. So yeah. it just kind of simmered in the background um, for quite for about a year, actually, um, until I ended up you know, coming to the conclusion there was, there was no way to continue, even just while working stateside in the Navy. And I filed an application to be considered as a conscientious objector and discharged. So um, how'd that go? I mean, they, they surely didn't just say to you, um, uh, you know, well, that's fine. Yeah, go on and, and do whatever you wish. No, certainly not. Um, most people I talk to and even <laughs> probably most people in the military think conscientious objection is a thing of the past if they know what it is at all. Um, it was certainly, you know, a big buzz term around the Vietnam era when people were being drafted and trying to avoid um, – not in any way, not in any way badly, trying to avoid military uh, participation by being sure. conscientious objectors before they were even enlisted into, or rather put thrust into, the military. Um, but since then, it does still exist that active duty people can seek that status and seek discharge with it. So the first thing, the first conversation I had with somebody in my chain of command, um, they looked at me and they said, conscientious object what? <laughs> and they're like, I don't really know what that is. So I ended up having to explain it to them. As things went forward, uh, at least to say some of the higher-ups knew exactly what it was, and it definitely wasn't something that was looked upon favorably. Um, yeah, I can't imagine it I, would be. I mean, you know, it's the opposite you know, of being in the military. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's you know not just saying that you don't want to be in anymore, because that's probably more common than not in the military ranks, um, but it's specifically saying there's a moral problem with what it is that you're doing, and I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it's saying, and that that can't be good for someone's psyche. You know, they have to. Uh, uh, if, if you're if you're sort of accusing them, and I can see exactly why they would feel that way. Um, you know, they've got they their mind wants to to figure out why they're right. Exactly. So, despite the fact that what they're all that they're supposed to be doing through the process is determining your sincerity, yeah. in other words, that you didn't just make this up as an easy out because suddenly you have a college scholarship or you have, you know, a, you know, I don't know what, for, for whatever, you know, logistical reason in life that you're not just saying this, that there really has been a change from the time before until the time now when you're filing this. So for me, it was citing a whole lot of uh, people from Murray Rothbard to, you know, saying how much I've been reading off the Von Mises' uh, website and, you know, reason.com and all sorts of other things and some of the uh, people I've been having conversations with and exchanging, you know, thoughts and ideas about this with. And I ended up presenting that um, both in a written application 
which begins the process, and then also in a informal, they say, hearing. In other words, I wasn't being tried for anything, but a kind of court-like proceeding in which you're able to present the evidence of your case, essentially trying to show them that you are sincere, here's how this change came about, um, and here's what your beliefs are. Uh, most of the questioning that comes from that, uh, as you picked up on right away, has less to do with them actually trying to uh, weigh the evidence and more with them trying to poke holes in what you're saying and justify themselves. Sure. So, um, you know, did, did you, were, there, were there times when you thought to yourself, wow, this isn't going to work. I'm going to be in the Navy until my tour of duty. How long was your tour of duty? Were you four or six years? Um, I was ended up. I came in with a five-year contract. Five I ended year. up doing a little over uh, four years of that before I was actually discharged. So, were there times when you said to yourself, uh, "This isn't going to work"? Um, I certainly did. I certainly did think that at times. Um, I just it wasn't something I wanted to consider. Um, conversations my wife and I had, you know, about what would happen if that were the case, and it was clear in my mind that there was no way I would deploy again, um, but that's also something that, you know, you don't really want to actively entertain too much, particularly in any way that they would catch on to. Otherwise, you know, where you say you draw the line is what they want to push you to try and do so that sure. you break it and they, they can punish you as opposed to process your CO application. Right. They don't want to do, they don't want to do that. And that makes, uh, that makes sense to me. So, um, you know, how long from the time that you said, I, I'm going to file this, and, and I guess from the time that you just, uh, started researching it, tell me about researching it, and then what? Uh, for how long from the time that you filed it till you got out? Um, well, I, I certainly didn't know about it myself, that you could still get out as a conscientious objector. So there were months um, over the winter of uh, 2008 and into 2009 where I was becoming more and more depressed and angry with uh, my situation in the Navy, unsure what to do, didn't really want to go to jail, thought there must be another way to make this happen. Um, and it actually ended up being my wife at one point who got so frustrated hearing the event about all this that she started Google searching stuff about conscientious objection. And that's when I made the discovery um, that it was something that could apply to me. And one of the reasons for myself why, you know, I just, passed it off right away and not really done any research is historically it's been something more so for religious people. Yeah. Uh, I'm no longer a religious person in any way, shape, or form, and so I figured, well, I can't just cite, you know, God saying he doesn't want me to do this, you know, that <laughs> I wouldn't be able to pull off the sincerity aspect of this with that. Um, and so I didn't think it applied. Thankfully, I got in touch with the uh, organization I now work for, which is called the Center on Conscience and War, and they have a website and counseling services to help conscientious objectors through the process. Um, and it was with their counsel throughout that I ended up finally crafting a application, which is, you know, quite a multi-page document, basically, you know, expressing not only what your beliefs are in a very comprehensive way, but also how you came to them, and again, what in your life, you know, evidences the fact that this is sincere, what's changed, how these things changed, etc. So. It was probably March when I first got in touch with them, and then another couple months until May of 2009 when I finally ended up uh, filing the CO, Conscientious Objector, application. Okay. Um, from that point in time, that's when the ball got rolling on the military side of things, where you have to go through a bunch of different interviews, 
Uh, go figure, you say you're a conscientious objector. One of the first things I want you to do is have a uh, psychiatric evaluation because surely you must be nuts. Um, <laughs> well, if you don't want to go to foreign countries and kill people, you must be. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That, that's the military perspective anyway. So you have to go through a full comprehensive psychological evaluation. Uh, whether you're religious or not, you end up having to meet with a chaplain and discuss your beliefs, um, which for a lot of religious people is apparently a chaplain just trying to convince you and show you from whatever scriptures it is yeah. that you're claiming or believing how you're wrong. Yeah, I could, uh, I could totally imagine. I mean, there, there are scriptures where they can quote, well, Jesus said, I came not to bring peace, but to bring a sword. And, uh, you know, that's good enough. Go kill people, son. And <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if you think about it, a chaplain is somebody who, whatever their spiritual beliefs, they've reconciled the fact that they're both in the military and supposedly a proponent of these you know, religious or spiritual values, so right. they obviously don't have a problem with it. Well, um, not obviously. There are certainly are chaplains that do have a problem with it, and they're there to help, but that they're, they're few and far between, I think. Very true. It's, it's that, that idea of, you know, to whom is their allegiance, really, whether, whether to the military, which they've sworn their oath there, or, you know, within their, um, you know, their specific religious denomination. And for a lot of them, that's certainly questionable from my experiences to who has the who has the higher call on their life? Yeah, yeah, I I I, I to- totally concur with you. I think that uh, I I don't understand how religious people manage to reconcile war in their minds, and it seems to me that Christianity has uh, in this country has become more of a religion of United States than a re- religion of uh, worship of Christ. But hey, you know that's just the way I see it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I would tend to agree with you on that. There's plenty there's plenty of exceptions, particularly as I found in, um, you know, for instance, Quaker communities. Yeah, um, still very very much active in in you know the the peace movement in supporting people who are resisting the military, who are resisting war. Um, you know, there's there's a whole you know peace tax fund people who refuse to pay the portion of their taxes that they, you know, they have a whole center that figures out what portion of, you know, taxes are used for war, and they refuse to pay that portion. So there's a lot of activism in that regard, you know, particularly among people who are even identifying as Christians that I do like, but unfortunately, I definitely don't see that as the the bulk of Christianity in the United States. I I agree. Um, In my Quaker meeting, there is a uh, former Air Force chaplain who, uh, you know, sort of help people with conscientious objector status and things like that in the past. So I, I guess, um, you know, you, you made it out and you, um, how, what was the time frame that you said as far as uh, from filing to, to getting out? As far as filing to actually getting out, mine was one of the fastest turnaround times that people have heard of. And before you go thinking it was a matter of weeks, it was actually a little over four months. Hmm. Um, so I, I filed surprised. in May, ended up getting out in September. Um, which that was exceptionally fast. Oftentimes it takes about a year. Um, what I'll never know is whether or not my website had an impact, and that is most conscientious objector, objectors don't end up posting everything as they go through the process, uh, which is something that I did both via blog and getting on some podcasts with different people and starting up a website. So I have warisimmoral.com. That's right. Um, which I started up just a couple days after I filed my application because I I really was renewed in terms of, you know, my convictions when I found out about conscientious objection, and I figured if, if I didn't have a clue about this as strongly as I'd felt for a while, 
how many other people out there are the same way. So I wanted to try and publicize it. Um, so whether it was to shut me down that much more quickly, I thought my application did get processed you know, for the military standards pretty quickly, and I was honorably discharged in September. Honorably discharged? Yes. Um, so long as you're you know, following orders, playing the game, so to speak, while you're going through the process, a conscientious objector receives an honorable discharge. Amazing. I would have never guessed that uh, you would have got I would have figured a general discharge or something to that effect. Um, I'm very surprised at that. So um, what what's your advice for people who are in the military now? This is really, for me, this is the crux of the, the interview is – I know uh, we get we get donations all over the world from people in the military donations uh, from to our AMP program. Um, so, I mean, I know that people and, and also we have, uh, you know, just a huge audience of, of people that identify as, uh, as soldiers and sailors. So what can they do if they want uh, to get out of the military, if that's what they want to do, if they feel that it's, uh, it, you know, morally, it's it's not the right thing for them. What can they do? Um, well, conscientious objection is definitely an avenue that's that's open to anyone, whether officer or enlisted, no matter how short or long you've been in. Um, you know, the best best thing I could recommend you to do is talk to somebody who there are there are a number of people. Um, you know, my organization that I work for now is one, but there there are other local groups. Um, oftentimes, people at a Quaker meeting, if you can find a Quaker meeting around, would be willing to help with that. They might be willing to help. Uh, Daniel, they might be willing to help, but they may very well not know how to help. I, You know, you can come to the Keene Quaker meeting and say that you want to get out of the military, and we would be happy to talk, commensurate with you about why it is that you want to get out. However, you know, maybe maybe somebody will know uh, a Quaker organization or whatever, but I think we need, I think people need a, uh, you need to know the specifics. <laughs> you know, like go to this website, do this, that kind of thing. Absolutely, I was just not wanting to put a sole plug for uh, plug em. for where I work. Plug them. If you go to, uh, <laughs> to uh, centeronconscience.org, okay, um, centeronconscience.org. It worked for you, there, right? It did. It did work for me. Then um, I think that that's no that's guarantee. a resounding uh, you know endorsement. I <laughs> you know I mean, if there's a Quaker organization out there that uh, somebody knows of that uh, helps people with this, fine. Um, you know, uh, send, send me an email. I'll mention them on the air. But uh, if center for center for conscience dot org. Uh, center on conscience. Center on conscience.org worked for you. Then why the heck would we, um, you know, <laughs> tell people to run uh, Hill and Dale trying to uh, to find something when it worked for you? Oh yeah, no, it, it absolutely did. I just want to do. I do want to give credit that I know there are local networks out sure. there as well. No, that that would be what I would recommend. Um, and it's an organization that was founded by Quakers among others and still has strong ties there. Um, so, yeah, definitely go to that site. If you go on there, if you go to my site, warisamoral.com, um, I kind of give the more personal perspective. If you read through my blog, some of what you'll go through, um, centeronconscience.org will give you all the military regulations, um, very very much detailed information on how the process works. There's a PDF guide you can download, and we have an 800 number. You can get in touch with us and... You know, we walk people through the process from start to finish, from reading applications and helping them craft them. Some people are, you know, better writers right off the bat than others. Yeah, uh, sure. To actually sometimes going out and being a part of the part of the informal hearing, actually being there. Um, you know, we have a lawyer that works with us as well. Sometimes she'll get involved. It, it all depends. So we really see people through the process 
from start to finish. Cause it, is, it is a complicated one, but it's definitely one that can bring about a successful result. Yeah, you know, I think that it, as as with so many things that when you're dealing with the government, you need to know their voodoo. You need to be able to say the incantations or know somebody who does know the incantations because you can't just say, you know, I'm not I, I have a problem with this from a moral standpoint. I'm not going to do it. That'll end you up in the brig. Whereas if you go th- and fill out their paperwork and do what it is that they they want you to do, you can get honorably discharged because that's what the vast majorities uh, of people's problem is with being in the uh, you know, not getting out of the military. They're scared what the repercussions are going to be. And, you know, you're told so many times in the military, look, you need to get an honorable discharge. Otherwise, your job prospects when you get out are going to be crap, son. And so, you know, that's what that's what people are worried about. Mm-hmm. No, they, they absolutely are. Um, so, yeah, for some people, it, it, I mean, you may not feel like uh, conscientious objection implies there are other ways Um the other, the other website I would definitely put out there, uh, something we're a part of at the center as well, is the GI Rights Hotline. Um, and they deal with issues beyond just conscientious objection. Um, so it's girightshotline.org, um, girightshotline.org, and they'll have information about medical discharges, about psych discharges, um, don't ask, don't tell, although that's kind of in question now what's happening with that, but pretty much anything and everything um, AWOL, UA, they'll, they'll help out in terms of counseling and assisting with those type of things. Very good. Uh, Daniel, um, thanks for your story, and thanks for giving people uh, websites. I'm going to ask you to plug them right here at the uh, end again, just in case people you know, have been running around trying to or thinking to themselves, you know, I need to get that information just so that it's right at the end so they can uh, review it and get it. But before you do give the, 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 all the websites again, what um, is there anything else that you want to impart to you know people that are in the military, people that might be um, out of the military, you know, whatever. Say whatever you wish, sir. It, it would be this that the the majority of people I came across um, in the military really did have the best of intentions. Um, the minority of people had some of the worst of intentions that I've ever encountered, but the bulk had the best of intentions. So my guess is that the people who are listening. Who are in the military, they went in for all the right reasons, or you know, for for reasons of need, which again are are right reasons as well. Yeah, I got no problem However, with that. However, um, you know, as you've learned more, as I'm sure, you know, Free Talk Live is an education in itself. If you're listening to this stuff, if you have come to the conclusion that 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 what you're a part of, you know, whether your specific activities or you know the larger organization is something, you know, you're not okay with. Find out what's going to work for you in terms of separating yourself from that. And there really are lots of ways. Um, not easily. Maybe it does mean you've got, you know, you're left and you write out that contract. Yeah. Um, and you just don't get sucked into reenlisting. I don't think um, there's, I, I have no, I have no problem with somebody who decides to stay in the military because they, they have the contract and there's, you know, they just, it's, it's, it's easy for them. Uh, you know, I, I get really caught on the, uh, the tines of this particular dilemma, which is what do good liberty leaning individuals do in certain circumstances? If they, you know, I, I would rather have a liberty, liberty oriented cop than one that's not, but do I really care if my SWAT team guy is liberty oriented? I mean, is he really going to change his, his behavior if he's on the SWAT team? I don't know. It's, it's all very tough. Yeah. No, no, I, I agree with you, and that's why I just I'd encourage people people to think about you know what whatever principles you may still believe are are behind the purpose for a military existing. Um, I have my own opinions on that. 
But whatever you think they are, maybe they're noble, maybe they're good, and maybe you don't have a problem with those principles, but take a look at what's actually happening in the world today and what it is that you're supporting by being part of that military. And that's, I mean, that's an honest question. I, w- I would just ask people and be curious to hear what they had to say. Um, and, you know, ultimately, of course, that decision is going to have to be their own. Daniel, give, uh, run down your websites real quick. It's uh, warisimmoral.com. Yep, that's me. Um, centeronconscience.org is the Center on Conscience and War, a yep. nonprofit um, gives free counseling for anybody trying to get out of the military as a conscientious objector or questions about it. And then the last one is girightshotline.org. And they're a nonprofit, non-government-affiliated um, organization that gives counseling for all things military-related, AWOL, UA, medical discharges, psych discharges, um, all sorts of issues. So all provide free services. I'd be Happy to answer people's questions myself, either while at the center or taking uh, emails from my website. Thank you, Daniel. Um, I appreciate it, and I uh, thanks for all the help you're offering the listeners here. You bet. Um, thank you very much for having me on, Mark. How long can you hold your breath? Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. 